ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Lost Lieutenant. Uh, this episode, uh, I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm joined by... Josh and Nick. Hey, uh, and in today's episode, we will be covering the new uh, resilience, uh, new objective deck, uh, uh, sorry, the new classified deck, as well as the resilience cards and the battlefield condition cards. So the entire gambit of cards needed to uh, participate in the resilience operations. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, let's just do a quick catch up. Let's say, Nick, what have you been up to? Uh, I'm busy with non-Infinity stuff, unfortunately. Uh, I had some games lined up for tomorrow and found out after I wrote the show notes that the shop will not be open tomorrow. So, um, hopefully next week. <laughs> Wait, which shop? Uh, Throw the Dice. Oh, okay, cool. We're still Long. good. Yeah. We're, we're still golden, Josh. We're still golden. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're still East, playing out. East yeah. side superiority. Yeah. Um, have you been involved? Have you, have, you, have you done any just like hobby stuff in general? Uh, we did some models together. Um, got a Farzan together. Uh, been working on some objectives for the table. Mm. So, yep. Yeah, you've. Um, I think. Ha have you been getting a lot of compliments on your table that you brought to a couple of the, the recent tournaments? Because I know, I know uh, very much. I like the way you put it together. Um, what was, yeah, what are actually, what everyone else saying? Yeah, I've gotten a fair number of compliments um, that it's just kind of a unique geometry. Mm. Uh, and I'm looking forward to finishing getting the garage set up so that I have room to spray it all. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of seeing Nick's table, at the moment it's not painted, but it's this uh, sty it's like styrofoam. Uh, it's foam core. Yeah, foam. Um, scenery but just and it's got sort of the standard pieces you see like billboards and all those uh, sorts of things stairs and all those but it's just i don't know the the way it's put together it's just it's sort of like you know when you look at brutal cities or you look at um what's what are the kiwi guys called battle kiwi battle kiwi yeah. oh, fucking shit <laughs> um you know you like you look at their terrain you know you, you know that it's their terrain yeah. I feel like what you put together, Nick, if you like made a product line of it, I would know that it's Nick's terrain. The whole the whole battlefield feels cohesive. Mm. It it looks it, it feels like you've put it together in a way. And I'm like, we're just being over early overtly complimentary to Nick, but he deserves it. So mm. um it's uh it, it sort of feels like um it doesn't it a lot of tables sort of feel like just a bunch of buildings put onto a mat and then we play infinity around it yeah um, whereas the table that you've put together feels like it's a, a, like a cohesive kind of cityscape and yeah. and like a it's well planned out which yeah. is sort of that, that actually might be on. the other thing i think it's probably it probably feels more in scale than a lot of other tables go because i think a lot mm. of scenery that you see for infinity is like really like small like the models are massive compared to the rooms uh, the rooms which is just you know the nature of the beast unless you actually because in reality and in, the in an infinity operation would either be you know you'd be playing on like a huge like apocalypse table with the army you normally field for it to be in scale or it'd be like a room actually that's um, a good one because a lot of 
commercially available terrain is designed to accommodate multiple scales. Scales that are close to each other. Mm. But that way they can sell it to multiple different yeah. lines and multiple different well, games. Whereas well, this one, each of the measurements is specific to infinity. Yeah, or it's like it's it's meant for games where like scale, like proper scale doesn't matter. Like uh Warhammer oh. where yeah. like really the scale on Warhammer doesn't make any sense. They're um, vague suggestions and the rule of cool overrides any scale. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Josh, what have you been up to? Um, I, since last recording, I think I've played one game. Um, I played a game of Resilience Ops with um, Tristan, uh, with a janky printed out uh, copy of the deck from the leaks. Um, I promise that I do have mine on my way. We got, uh, I got a tracking number confirmation oh, that's today. Right. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even think of that. So Josh and I have gone in with an order. I didn't even think about the fact that the classified deck would be part of it. Yeah. I was just looking forward to the blackjack. Well, that's the, the reason. That's, that's the reason that it's um. Uh, it's the reason it's taken so long. It's because the um the classified decks were, um. Well, the whole the whole like, uh, what's the month that just passed? September release was sort of delayed till mid October. Yeah, so I think it was like storms and. And yeah. things stopping some things, but like yeah, um, the resilience shops is a, it's a it's a fantastic um addition to the game. I think that it will be like our sort of predictions last week, um, mm. or last last time we were on. Um, it will become my um standard sort of pickup game if I'm not prepping for a tournament. Like oh, I just want to play a game of Infinity. We play yeah. some resilience shops. You can bring any list to it. Um. It sort of incre- it it, uh, it has sort of like a um you don't need specialists but you still need another like a diverse um list because it requires you to have you know four deploying elements and um and uh like hidden things and all that kind of stuff because yeah. you you know you, you don't know whether you need to be defensive or aggressive or if you really just need to kill four pesky turrets because that's the battlefield condition that you've drawn yeah. um, i will I, I i i will i will ask you to hold on until mm-hmm. we get to the main thing i really want to be like pick your brain about the the game sure. that you played but unfortunately we can't right now no maybe save that um, for the general thoughts after resilience cards hmm yeah so yeah luckily uh josh uh managed to get a game in during uh like from the leak yeah, I mean, um, there was two games of Resilience Ops played um, because mm. I printed off two decks. Um, so two games of Resilience Ops played last week at House of War. So um, I polled the everybody there and, and asked them how it all went. So I've got not just my own thoughts, but the thoughts of three other right, awesome. local awesome, players. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I unfortunately I wanted to actually uh, take part in uh, Shattered Grounds. Uh, unfortunately, just couldn't find a game. I don't know what happened last week, but... Um, yeah, stuff just uh, wasn't happening. Um, so I don't think any of us have really participated or uh, followed the Shattered Grounds uh, global tournament yet. Uh, no, I'm I'm part of the JSA Discord, so I've been um, <clears throat> watching them scatter. I participated pretty heavily in Dogama, um, and I uh, just didn't have the wherewithal to <laughs> to do it this time. 
unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's always hard. I always found it kind of hard to just you have to like settle on a faction for um, the time. Um, I didn't I didn't notice there was wasn't a huge amount of like the bonuses they had for the missions weren't massive because I think unlike other um, campaigns where they've made their own missions for the certain areas these ones were just missions from ITS 15 with um oh well actually it was ITS 14 because I think cryogenics was one of them it was um yeah with like a couple of small bonuses at the end of them so I think uh, oh I, th I was thinking of playing Aleph and I think the bonus for their place was aquatic terrain gets parachutist uh, which I would have found funny because that meant uh, Pano oh, gets to uh, gets. Well, I was thinking more of uh, Pano being able to drop in the. Uh, don't the cutters have terrain aquatic? Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was that, or it was um, one of them. Is um, oh, it doesn't matter. The same thing. There's also get. But I was also thinking, um, Devil Dogs have terrain aquatic. Oh, they're no, no. part of the US, the US Marine Corps. Um. The I think the JSA one had the the same one that they had last time, which was uh, 0.5 SWC tags. Which oh, would have been that's right. Yeah, there was going up against an avatar. That's right. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. Is like, oh my god, it's just it's, the combined army are going to flood into that area. <laughs> right. Um, the JSA but... holding on to it. That, that's all I know. Yeah, that's all I know about <laughs> Shadowgrounds is the JSA holding on to their their spot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, take a look if you're interested in taking part of um, the campaign run by uh, on the tabletop. Yep. Um, it's got a week left or so, I think. Yep. Yeah. So the the, the first phase. So it generally goes in two phases. One each. One over. So it's it's done over two weeks. One each week. One phase a week. I think. Yeah. Um, Stretched out longer so, than that this time. Um, it's it's about yeah. It's it's more than oh. More than weeks there's five more days as of the time of recording. So probably, what? Probably be resolved days by the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so unfortunately, if you're here for your shadow ground news, uh, none of us have been watching it particularly <laughs> closely. Um, Anyway, uh, let's move on from our uh, catch-up to take a look at our announcements. Uh, so we'll just quick, we'll go into our challenge announcements. Uh, nothing much has changed from uh, our last episode. Uh, so the uh, August, September, and now October uh, monthly challenge, uh, again, due to the delay in us getting the uh, classified desk deck, is uh, the monthly challenge is uh, to play a game with reinforcements. Right? There has been a, there, there probably is still a bit of uh, debate about whether people like reinforcements or not. And so we want our listeners to uh, get some experience to give a bit more of an educated opinion uh, or experienced opinion on whether they, whether reinforcements is a good, bad, or eh thing uh for the game of infinity it's quite a significant change so we'd love to for you to uh put in your reports to uh, lost lieutenant at gmail.com um and at the end three random winners or three random uh submissions will be picked as winners to get a blister of their choice from toy soldiers imports uh also extended 
from quarter three to quarter four is the hobby challenge, which is the writer narrative story. Uh, here at Lost of Lieutenant, we have always tried to drive people to express their sort of creative side uh, through the lens of infinity. And for quarter three and four, we're asking you guys to write us a short narrative story. The Infinity Universe has a rich and diverse background with a lot of uh, source books to choose from, from ends, uh, from Endsong all the way back to uh, Paradiso, the old human sphere books. Uh, maybe there's a unit um, in your army that's performed so heroically that you think they deserve a uh, story about themselves, or maybe there's a bit of headcanon that you finally want to put uh, uh, into writing. Now's your chance to express yourself uh, through the form of the written word. Please try and stick to no more than 2,000 words, uh, as these are supposed to be short stories. Alternatively, you can submit a 10-minute audio recording of you reading out your narrative. Uh, and send either of those into lossoflieutenant at gmail.com. At the end of the quarter, we'll pick our favorites and give them a white noise treatment where we'll read them out or if you've sent a recording, play the recording as part of our show. Because this has done, been done over two quarters, we will also pick two random entries uh, to win a small box of their choice from Toy Soldiers Imports. Uh, yep. Okay, so on to um, events. I'm going to say, Nick, you can do Stone Monkey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we've got Stone, Mon Stone Monkey Monthly coming up for Darwin. It's going to be on the 28th of October. Uh, well, they'll have another monthly event at Stone Monkey. 350 points featuring beer pong, or Bee Pong uh, and Last Launch. Uh, for the details can be found on Stone Monkey's Facebook page. Cool. Josh, you want to cover uh, Throw the Dice? Yeah. So we've got the Throw the Dice Infinity Store Championship in uh, for, for this year, 2023. Um, it's uh, Throw the Dice in Geelong, Victoria. Great little store um, on the 18th of November. Um, 300 points, three rounds, which are Supremacy, Firefight, and Highly Classified. There is a painting requirement. All lieutenants must be fully painted and based, which is going to be interesting for Firefight. Um, Winner goes on to the Throw the Dice Hall of Fame wall, and sign-up and details can be found on the Throw the Dice Facebook page. Yeah, we mentioned uh, last time we spoke about uh, Throw the Dice. Uh, uh, the, this tournament is a it's an interesting requirement to say that you have to have your lieutenants painted up because um, it technically that doesn't force you to paint your entire army, but also is technically at the very least you should paint every possible lieutenant in your army <laughs> uh so it's, it's an it's an interesting way of both allowing anybody to play but um and but still having that sort of how you get into the hobby sort of uh thing yeah they've, they've just started um their community the community's had a little bit of a revitalization and there are a couple of new players down there now so mm. having a bit of a hobby requirement will be good but i believe that there's a few melbourneites going down to that store championship so um i'm saying there's probably going to be a bit of a shark tank down there as those geelong tournaments sometimes are next up we've got the south perth brawl 2023 western perth's premier its event It'll be on the 25th of November at South Perth Community Hall. It's going to be four rounds in one day. 
Uh, overall winner receives the traditional South Perth Brawl Bronzesword. Uh, at time of recording, it's unclear whether this comes with a kilt or the Berserk plus three skill. Uh, in addition to the normal prize support, each round has a bounty. So for round one, it's evacuation with the Guardian Angel bounty for the most extracted civilians and HVTs. Round two is countermeasures with the quite professional, actually, that, I think that's a typo, it's a quiet professional uh, bounty for the most mission objectives accomplished. Round three is firefight with the collector bounty for the most things acquired from panoplies. And round four is Cutthroat with the tier one operator bounty for the most troopers killed by your Kiops. Uh, unfortunately, right. I don't have a link to refer to for that. Um, and if you search for South Perth Brawl, um, you will probably find a bunch of pub stuff instead of this. <laughs> <laughs> um we just do a real quick announcement. Uh, CanCon 2024 tickets are live, and last I checked, still available. I did go and check. Uh, but at the moment, we don't have any word on format, so whether it's going to be reinforcements or not, which was what they were um, raising a poll about, uh, any of the extras they might do or any of the missions. So at the moment, it's just get you, if you are super keen to go to CanCon, regardless of any of uh, those things, uh, get in so they know how many people that they're going to have. Uh, it's always good to have a huge turnout to uh, CanCon, especially because it's the national championships. It is an uh, ITS satellite mission. Uh, but the most important thing is if you win, you get to decide whether it's potato cakes or potato cakes, potato scallops, or the favorite for the winner at the moment is, uh, I think, Deep Fried Frisbees or something like that. Crispy Frisbees, I believe, was Crispy the... Crispy Frisbees, that's it. But but Rob Cantrell put us straight, and he said, De depends on what, what the... Uh, what, if it's scalloped potato, it's obviously a scallop. If it's caked potato, it's obviously a potato cake. So um, a very sober and uh, reasonable answer from the last year's winner, or this year's winner, Rob. So hopefully next year's winner can be a little bit more controversial and give us something weird. Yeah. Um, and we have a semi-personal. Oh, yeah. One. Uh, Go for it. Operation Heart of the Cards. That's me. Uh, coming down to House of War Saturday, the 2nd of December for Melbourne's first Resilience Operations and Reinforcements Tournament. Woo! Uh, we have three rounds of Resilience Ops, uh, and as a community, we have decided to test having a Reinforcements optional event, testing how well a standard list pairs against a Reinforcements list. Uh, there's a Facebook event um, for, for those who are looking for more details. So... Your your idea with that, could you have one list that's reinforcements and one that's not? Your choice, baby. Up to you. Okay, right. So it's, it's optional for the list itself. You don't, you don't like reinforcements, you can have two normal lists. If you don't like, if you like reinforcements, you can have two reinforcements lists. Or if you're on, if you, if you think you'd like to try it out, have one of each and decide when you get to the table. It's fine. Because you pick your list after you get your objectives for resilience ops so um it's uh you can have a you have a lot of information going into the the mission before you yeah. can decide whether um you want reinforcements or not yeah uh and just finally announce uh, just a reminder to our listeners that we do have a patron uh lots of uh, 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 lots of lieutenant 
uh, and you can support us for $3 a month. That money goes straight into providing the prizes for the challenges we uh, mentioned just above, as well as Patreon-only uh, raffles for uh, professionally painted uh, miniatures uh, that tend to be the ones that we get to review uh, early from Corvus Belly. Um, so if you can you know, spare $3 to help us out, keep supporting our community um, and keep helping us uh, put on our competitions and support the Australian and frankly, considering how many times we've had to send it uh, internationally, the international uh, <laughs> infinity uh, community with uh, prizes, uh, support, and hopefully just a little bit of joy. Um, that's much appreciated. And if you can't commit to financially supporting us, we get it. Times are tough. Uh, just let Aleph know that you like us by liking, following, and leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like our Facebook posts. Boost them. <laughs> show, show, show Zuckerberg that we don't need to pay that $25 to get uh, proper engagement on these things. <laughs> God. All right, guys, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we will tackle the uh, new uh, the new decks. Sounds good to me. Okay. Welcome back uh, from our break, uh, you guys, Josh, Nick, uh, and our listeners. We are now going to get into the main segment, which is taking a look at the new decks that have dropped. So for anyone who's uh, a little bit out of the loop, uh, ITS 15 has dropped, and with that has come, has come a new classified deck, uh, which is, uh, as we'll cover really shortly, pretty much the same format as the old classified deck. Uh, but we've also got what's known as Battlefield Conditions and Operations Cards. Have I got that name right? Objective Cards, uh, which, form the ba which more form the basis of the Resilience Operations. Um, so let's go through the, um, let's go through the new deck first and then we'll explain how resilience works and then actually go through the cards, um, themselves should say, uh, thank you to whoever in, uh, Europe or U S who actually leaked these, these cards to the world, um, because we've been waiting for them for quite a bit. Yeah, something, something. Australia international shipping. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's go. Do a Josh. Click that button. Okay. Cool. So, uh, yeah, go for it, Nick. Yeah. You put. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, start off with what hasn't changed. Uh, net undermined, HVT kidnapping, uh, HVT inoculation, and sabot or. Sabotage, oh, and then the next slide is the next one. Uh, HVT espionage, mapping, and telemetry, those seven haven't changed, uh, with the exception that on mapping, they switched the order of the symbols. Probably mm. means nothing, but... Yeah. Yeah. Had to just throw it in, because someone will pick it up. Yeah. And just before, before we go on to all the other ones, what are we thinking about uh, the new like format of the cards. I think they are a shit ton clearer now. They're oh, yeah, way clearer. So much better. Yeah. I love the art uh, as well. The art's looking Oh, I, I am I am so glad uh for anyone watching the stream. I'll, I I 
again, first love has always been Aleph, and I think these cards have some of the best Aleph art um, that they've put out. So, like, Undermine's got Uteros, Kidnapping's got um, Agamemnon. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, the, no, art, the art's... Hoplite, actually. Uh, no, you're right. It is a Hoplite. You are right. It's a Hoplite. Even better, because I like the Hoplites even more than I do Agamemnon. That's a great model. Too bad. Too bad the, the profile's a bit... Mm, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's right. I reckon, I, reckon, I reckon they'll bring out a character one that's like what a Hoplite should be, and he'll be the one everyone uses for the Hoplite. What I like about these is they've obviously paid some artists to do these because I don't these don't look like they're AI generated so um yeah. <laughs> yes which is a, been a main problem for a lot of things yeah um they've also yeah, organized well, they, oh, sure. oh, I was going to say you'd recognize the art because they're all they all come from like the books and the box yeah. art which I mean I've always been a huge fan of almost any art that um uh, Culver Spelly comes out out with from like the covers and stuff of their books to um, one of the things I really like and it's a bit bit more old school but is the the more cartoony stuff they have on dossiers and on the uh, some of the boxes. Yeah, yeah, well, great. Yeah, so overall, yeah, the formatting is much nicer. Um, yeah. it's. The number is now in the upper left-hand corner, so if you fan your cards out, you can see them. Uh, the priority is much better. You've got yeah. the title, the symbols, the requirements at the top, and then the if that's not enough to jog your memory, then you can read the details at the bottom. Yeah, I, sh I should point out there is th there has been one big change overall to these cards. Is so yeah, as you mentioned, the numbers are great. I love the fact that they're much bigger, so they're mm -hmm. a lot easier to see. Because I can't, I can't tell you how many times, like a new player plays espionage and doesn't even like realize that these cards have numbers on them. Uh, the one big change this goes just across all the cards is underneath the title they have something that says designated troop, uh, designated trooper, which gives it's the same thing that we've uh, dealt with in the old deck just gives it if it has to be an engineer if it has to be a doctor or whatever it places it there but that means when you go and take a look at the um description of the objective it just says a designated trooper which is referring to uh that little bit underneath the um title it makes it much easier when you pull your hmm. classifieds to quickly identify what troopers are needed for what cards yeah exactly uh, for new players uh instead of having to pull it out of the block of text at the bottom oh. and th this is actually more of something to point out for older players because um oh. it feel it almost feels like uh what was, what was it what was the name of it? the data tracker although because the, the, the data track the the data tracker used to have to kill the designated target in one of the missions um, for a while ago. So it's sometimes even I'm reading that and got like confused one or two times before I got used to it. So yeah, that, but that's that's overarching. Every single card is like that now, where instead of saying something with veteran, you know, like veteran elite or a character or chain of command, it just says now designated trooper. So cards that got minor changes. Uh or simply minor name changes, uh, follow-up became HTV follow-up, 
because or HVT follow-up mm-hmm. because it was the only HVT card that didn't specify it in the name. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember constantly being. I don't think it was much in RTS fourteen, mm-hmm. but there there used to be a mission. Oh no, yeah, it was, it was still in some of these where yeah, you, I would have to say to new players, get rid of every single card that says HVT and yeah. follow up. Yeah, the non-HVT classified um, yeah. missions, yeah. Uh, and then HVT retro engineering became HVT reverse engineering. Which is which, the same name. The same, but, same word. Is, yeah. <laughs> Chose a yeah. slightly different word. Uh, but that's probably easier on newer players, maybe? I don't know. It, or it, easier I mean, on it, the multilingual community. That's what I say. It might be something that's easier for somebody who doesn't speak English to... I guess understand what it means by retro instead of like well, maybe instead of means, thinking like old they think uh, like yeah uh retro engineering was one word reverse engineering is two words true yeah so it's easier to parse out the two different sections yeah how's it changed yeah cards have changed uh hvt identity check uh there is no line of fire exemption for sensor anymore. Uh, previously, uh, everything needed to have line of fire except for sensor. Now, just everything needs line of fire. Yeah. Uh, also, in my opinion, the best themed artwork on any of these cards. <laughs> That's good. It really it? simplifies someone trying to check the ID of the HPT. <laughs> just the, like, is that, cause that's like the dragon lady, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it and it's just a Kaplan looking straight at her. Uh, let's see. Capture um, got easier. It no longer requires you to be on the opponent's side of the table. Also, you can capture a model that's been immobilized rather than just in a null state. Yeah. So if you uh, say it's my O12 and blue gun, whatever you want, you can capture them now. It doesn't specify casavacking somebody. Uh, capture is no capture is being uh, silhouette with an oh, enemy. That's, that's right. Yeah. yeah, you're think you're thinking we'll 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 come to the um, classified. You were thinking in a, yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. Rescue. Yeah. Uh, nano espionage changed a f- a fair bit actually. Uh, they removed data tracker, which was expected, uh, but now you're required to make a BS attack using your medikit or gizmo kit instead of a whip roll while you're engaged. So this went from using the whip skill in a risky situation uh, to a more face-to-face BS attack uh, to get the job done. Yeah, it meant that like mostly nano espionage was only really scored um, against models that were unconscious. Yes. So this sort of gives a little bit more if you're... If you well, if you if you're the last couple of orders of of your of your round and you need to yeah. score a classified, you can ping one out on the uh, on the and also yeah. you get if you're in a fire team, you get two. Oh, th- one of my thoughts on this was Hakim has a burst plus one medikit. Oh uh, yeah, I'm and gonna... in reinforcements he can go in a Harry's. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Gonna be running that Rindak, I think, from now on. Forty points for a BS. <laughs> BS oh yeah, plus one burst medic kit. Interesting thing about this card mm-hmm. um, is that you still have to be 
an engineer, doctor, or paramedic. And the reason I point that out is uh, troopers like uh, Pandora oh, is yeah. has a has a med kit, but is not mm. a doctor or a paramedic. Mm, that um, is a good sh- And I'm sure there's either they'll uh, appear or they already are there. Where like there's a non-engineer that has a gizmo kit. Uh, I think there's at least one or two others where they're like, dual class, but they only count as one. Yeah, they've got like the equipment of a doctor, but oh, like generally it's like they're a hacker, but they've got the equipment of a doctor. Yeah, which is pa- what Pandora has. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it, it also the thing is, it says this uh, role must fulfill the requirements of a BS attack, which means um, that you, you if you um, don't do it to something unconscious, they do get to shoot back. But at least it's face to face. True. Uh, but yeah, so it d- does mean that you don't get to do it for free. So it's still a pretty right. difficult one. Yeah. Uh, next card up, uh, data scan. Uh, minor changes. The role is now a comms attack. It, the previous card basically said everything but that it was a comms attack, including some clarifications that would only apply if it was a comms attack. So now it's just, just yeah. yeah. Do, now it's just do, a comms attack. Do, do, you, do, you do you know what this is? This is them squashing the red and green card together. If you take a look at the red card mm-hmm. for data scan, you're mm-hmm. able to reset against data scan. Not on, that's, green, an, yeah. that's not on the green card. It is on the green card. It is on the green card. Is it? The green, yeah, yeah, the green card states that the, the target... Oh, no, that was, a, that was like a neg three. Oh, I thought I was yeah. being so smart. Fuck me. No. Um... So right now, now it counts as a comms attack. Therefore, you can reset against it, and any other benefits or hindrances. I was, I was about to say, does that mean that that firewall is yeah, that for comms attacks? Yeah, firewall. Fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, well, that's different. There you go. <laughs> ha, I was. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Jacob, I'm smart. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're scanning the, um, their data, you're going through a firewall. Wow, that, that that means there are some things you don't want to try and data scan. Yes. Um, uh, HVT designation uh, might have changed. You picked up the medical symbol. Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> notice that. You, I, I was, uh, we were going to move it around, but yeah, it's, it's picked up the um, the symbol. Uh, and then predator, uh, much needed cleanup on that. Uh, it now triggers if you put an enemy trooper into unconscious or dead states. Uh, so NWI no longer prevents you from getting Predator. Yeah, so this is one thing that I know NWI has caused, like, confusions with these things before. Um, So at the moment, of course, like, at the moment, rules is written. Um, Yeah, if you go into NWI, if you go into Dogged, um, or any of those ones where technically, like, you could go into dogged and technically you don't count as being like killed, I suppose, by the opponent. If you think about like, I suppose, all right, true causality of why the thing actually died. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's caused issues in previous um, uh, in previous seasons. So we'll wait and see if there's any FAQ on whether NWI counts. But um, I think yeah. the change was intentional to make putting someone to make 
it able it possible to score predator off of any model, regardless it, if they have NWI or not. It does, does but it does look like it's removed the end of game clause from Predator, so you score it as soon as you've put at least two enemy troopers into unconscious or dead. Uh, um, yes, because they removed the uh, bonus point. Yeah, so um, I think it's just a way of getting around the fact that I oh, you. Uh, I killed two units in CC. I've scored Predator. Oh, uh, hang on a second. I've now brought it back using a um, using a medikit. Do you still score Predator? You didn't in the old um, with the old version of the card, um, but now it looks like you do. Uh, though triggered on both unconscious and dead, we'll note that the way it's worded, you have to do it to two separate enemy troopers. So you can't put a, one trooper into unconscious and dead and score it. <laughs> you can't just yeah. coup de grace the same person. Uh, I, I, does I, 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 out as a close combat attack. It is a CC attack, yeah. No, no, okay. but because what what you would do is because it's in CC, yeah, you would um because you can just attack the corpse as well. You don't have to coup de grace, yeah. right? But yeah, you get. The, I, 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 it, I've coup never noticed coup de grace is a CC attack. Okay, no, I, 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 I know, but like if if you really want to, like, I don't know. I don't know. Someone's being really annoying. You just smack them with a CC attack. Or I never noticed. I never noticed that old. I never noticed that old um, predator rule about at the end of the game. So technically, yeah. If technically you beat someone up in close combat and healed them, so there were count. there were two types of classifieds. Ones that scored immediately. Well, you 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 revealed a classified as soon as you score it. Mm. Um, in it, like in the old rules and probably the current rules as well. Um. Uh, however, Predator and I believe Rescue um, were end of game, and maybe even Capture were end of game yeah, scoring, was. Um, which means that um, the you didn't reveal that you'd scored it until the end of the game, uh, which was a way to get the bonus points in for for those um, for those cards, I believe. Yeah. What was removed? Yeah. So what was removed? Uh, last two cards of the deck, uh, Rescue in Extremist Recovery and Extreme Prejudice. Uh, one theme amongst these cards was that there three of the four cards that had no designated trooper requirements. Mm. And I, still being I, in, the, in the deck. Yeah. I can understand that, like, uh, like if you're going to get rid of an extremist recovery, sorry, extreme prejudice, getting rid of an extremist recovery. Um, yeah, rescue, getting rid of that. I, I like, I like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like the logic behind it. Not that I disagree oh. with getting rid of it, but um, the logic of getting rid of rescue is that there are armies that can't perform it, depending on army composition. So. If I guess you like, have, it's very difficult. If you have too many dogged or NWI models, or say you have extra models that don't have an unconscious state, uh, then you it's very difficult for you to perform it on Rescue your own is exceeding is, is the most difficult classified card, and it is yeah. exceedingly difficult for some armies. I suppose, I, I suppose the other thing is... Um, yeah, because they 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 talked about introducing the extra sectorial. That's an entire yeah. army that wouldn't be able to do this because the extra yeah. rule would prevent you from ever doing Casavac. Correct. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, anyway, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I certainly won't miss any of these cards. Uh, I definitely won't miss Rescue. Um, in Extremist like Recovery and Extreme Prejudice, like, eh, they, they were nice, easy ones usually, but yeah, I like I'd rather see the, the meteor ones in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 I could leave Predator and keep in, in uh, Extreme Prejudice or in Extremist Recovery, either or. I could replace uh, that yeah, with, but I think, yeah. but I think Predator's a good one for like you're playing Ariadna, you're playing JSA, anything that's really good at close combat. You pull that card and you're like, fuck yes. Um, whereas it's gonna have a field day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 always nice to like when you're playing one of those armies, be like, you know, I'm playing Pano, I'm playing like I don't know, NCA. You pull out. Um, you pull up Predator and you're just like, yes, this is going to be fucking easy. I'm going to do what I was going to do anyways and yeah. get classifieds for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do we think about the removal of any sort of uh, any sort of bonus points? We obviously there was a couple that still had the bonuses of like, I think, uh, identity check. You still get the bonus if they're within uh, certain control. You mean like the the plus three for certain certain situations? Yeah, um, yeah. The, but the other one, that, like that... getting like getting uh, getting rid of bonus like the predator points. bonus. Um, I think it's a good change because I don't. I I like scoring classifiers as soon as you've scored them. It feels a lot less like a gotcha, and gotchas in infinity have uh, gotchas don't have any place in infinity. I don't think predator is probably one of the. It's one of the cards that requires you to track information that you don't know you need to track as an opponent. Uh, all the rest of the cards, as soon as the event occurs, you flip it, it's done, scored, out. Or it's yeah. an end of the game, so whenever the card is flipped, you can check the situation and the requirements at that point. With Predator, because it refers back to a previous event that you didn't know you had to track, uh, I think two is probably the limit there. Going to three gets a little bit tough because then you're trying to convince your opponent of events that took place two rounds ago and they may not remember. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, I like the new uh, classifieds. I don't think there's anything... Um... Oh wait, hold on. Did we have we, we haven't gotten new, to the new classifieds yet? To, we haven't got to the sorry, we haven't got to the new deck classifieds yet. Yeah, next no. time. Cards that got removed. Yeah, okay. cards that got merged. So I, card mergers. <laughs> uh, experimental drug and test run have been combined into combat support. Uh, so that was the doctor successfully or engineer successfully. Uh, oh, they have had the contingency that you cannot use a helper bot for these anymore. Oh, that's it. That's an interesting uh, change. However, the doctor and paramedic got a buff. So previously, you had to recover someone from an unconscious state. Now you just have to have them recover a wound or a structure, which means that doctors can now score this off of doctoring or paramedicing a multi-wound model that is still conscious. They can't though, because the doctor skill requires this the person to be unconscious. 
and so does oh. the paramedic skill, and so does the medikit. Yeah. So oh, never mind. <laughs> I apologize. That's all right. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the only the only time you can ever do it to like a quote unquote conscious um, yeah. unit it's is NWI. getting is NWI. Mm-hmm. Which would count for this classified anyway. Well, it would have counted for the last one. Anyway. Yeah, because okay. yeah, they were unconscious. But the, the oh. removal of the um, peripheral servant is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, that, that, I suppose that, that means that you can't, that, that people can't do it with like, um, you know, where like you would have a, a TR bot, you just have the, I suppose you still just have the engineer there. Yeah, I think you just have the engineer sitting behind it. It's yeah. fine. I, 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 I suppose now it's more like you got to really think about whether you can, um, whether you can actually like get close to them. It certainly makes it's, it more difficult to complete. Um, yeah. yeah. T- test run and and um, what was it? Inoculation. Uh, uh were um, experimental drug. Experimental drug were. Trivially easy to, and they still are trivially easy to, to um, yeah. especially for particular armies. When Hackerslam had experimental drug in the bag, um, Aleph has test run in the bag. Like it's just, um, yeah, whatever. It's, yeah. Go- it w- it's going to make um, NWI doctors uh, fucking great because oh, I mean they're, yeah, they're, already, they're already good. So I should say they were already good because they just take a wound and heal themselves. But anyway, yeah, cool. So they merged those ones. Yeah. Uh, new cards. So we've got uh, the pair of industrial espionage and suspected infiltration. Uh, one for wounds, one for structure. Uh, both cards have a really nice spread of designated troopers. Uh, I Kind of a theme with some of the new stuff. The designated troopers are now more diverse and more uh, cards can be done by more types of troopers. So basically with this, uh, you've got industrial espionage, which is designated trooper must be in silhouette contact with an enemy trooper with the engineer special tag or whose troop type is heavy infantry remote or tag. Spend a short seal of an order and make a whip roll with a normal whip roll at plus three. Uh, they can do this with a peripheral, but they do not get the plus three to the whip roll. Cool. Uh, that can be done by engineers, forward observers, veteran troops, and elite troops. A cool card. Yeah, suspected mm-hmm. infiltration. Uh, well, hold the... on. Just, oh, just quickly, interesting that the the last bit is the player is a, allowed to declare this skill in the gauge state. So it's you can te- it's a normal roll. So you can it's almost like a sort of like. Not really, but it's like a berserk in combat as far as this is concerned. Yes. So if you get an engineer in combat, you can do this plus three to whatever your whip is, but it's a normal roll, so your opponent gets a free hit or whatever. Correct, which makes yeah. this a, an interesting trade-off of you can suicide in a helper bot, but you don't get the plus three to the roll. Mm. It's not a bad choice, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. It's, a, it's an interesting card. Uh, suspected infiltration is the equivalent uh, for wounds. Uh, you have to be in silhouette contact with an enemy trooper whose troop type is not remote or tag, uh, and spend a short skill. Same details apply. Uh, designated troopers for this are doctor, hacker, veteran troop, or elite troop. 
interesting uh, that they put the hacker in Ford Observer one ones. And not the and, other one, yeah. It like, like, like sort of flipped yeah. them to what you would normally have yeah. put them in, but yeah. I'm just gonna be a stickler. I'm gonna just be a stickler for our uh, listeners, and I'm going to uh, f- f- uh, finish up there uh, and say that yeah. So it's uh, you make a successful uh, a normal whip roll on plus three. This objective can be completed using peripheral servant, but without the plus three. And again, player is allowed to declare this in the gauge skill. So it's exactly the same thing, just not again as industrial espionage, just not against rams and not against tags. One important thing to note on this card is that it is a card that can be completed by a doctor that cannot be completed by a paramedic. Good point. Uh, so that's one that, considering there's a fair number of people or trooper types that can complete it, that might be overlooked. Mm-hmm. Since I don't think we've ever seen that not paired for classifieds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my, my only concern with not so much... Sorry, actually, it's, uh, it, it's it's more so with industrial espionage than mm-hmm. it is suspected infiltration. Is that picking this card for new players could be a bit confusing because so, it does rely a little bit on the knowledge of what your opponent can bring. Because mm-hmm. say you're playing Ariadna, mm-hmm. right? they can very easily take no heavy infantry, no rams, and no tags. Uh, similarly with uh, Toha, Toha mm-hmm. can very, e- very easy take none of those. Um, so that's my only concern with probably mm-hmm. uh, these two cards is that it's the I think the first ones we've ever seen that depend on what your opponent takes, not what you can do. Yeah, that's, that's a good point because they're yeah. fairly broad in what they can target. Yeah, but you bring up a good point that there are armies that. Are pretty much free of some of, of most of those categories. Yeah. yeah. So like technically, I think you could find a way to do suspected infiltration. Um if you if you're playing like Aleph and you take the Marut as your lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Uh but for the most part, you suspected infiltration, there's always going to be at least one trooper you can do it against. So I have no real concern about that one. It's mm-hmm. just that industrial espionage where for a new player, they might pick it thinking it's going to be easy done, and they're mm-hmm. just playing somebody who has none of those things. Also, um, suspected infiltration doesn't have the hacking symbol, even though it requires a hacker designated trooper. It only has a doctor symbol. Yeah, true. Which mm. is, um, yeah. you know, yeah. if you're picking it for what is it, supremacy that has the hacking classified? I mean, hacking uh, Intelcom. Um, or whatever, yeah. whatever. I think it's supremacy that has the hacking intelcom. Um, that this one doesn't include it, even though it requires a hacker to do. Yeah. But the other one, does industrial espionage has the forward observer and the um, engineer symbols. Yeah. So next new card is vigilance. Uh, designated trooper types are medium or heavy infantry. Uh, Let's just follow designated... hmm? Yeah, just trooper. Uh, Des trooper must be inside the zone of control of an enemy trooper uh, who is totally inside the enemy half of the table, spend a short skill, uh, succeed in normal whip roll, and plus three to the whip roll if you have a line of fire to the enemy. Oh, uh, it's yeah. just follow up against um, troopers. 
Correct. It's follow up against an enemy trooper. That's fun. I like that. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, let's spend. Okay, so it's a short skill, so you can't do it in ARI. It's just taking a look. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. I mean. Yeah. It's nice. Whatever. I suppose. Um, I suppose. I suppose what what it means is that, like, if I had follow up or vigilance, as long as I had the designated trooper type, I'd probably take vigilance because it's a lot easier to get near an enemy trooper than it is the other way around. Mm -hmm. well, it's got, it, it gives you something to do when you are kind of like, oh, you're, you're trying to skirt around a building within, within eight inches of somebody and you're like, oh, if I spend another short skill, I'll get slightly close to the edge, but I don't really need that. Um, True, yeah. Because I'm going to move shoot in the next one anyway. So oh, I'll just get my tanko to do a vigilance check instead. Like, I think it's, you know, it's a cool little card. Um, yeah. That's a good point. And it creates a little bit more um, efficiency for your, for your movement if you're running up some HI or medium infantry. Uh, and final one is HVT Assassination. Is that a Kaitan? Uh, That's a Kaitan imposter, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's cool as shit. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good piece of art from the um, third of... Not third offensive. Yeah, third... No. Why can't I Something. Have a look? Some, some book. I think it is third offensive. Maybe it is. No, I think I'm wrong. Anyway, yeah, it's a really cool thing of it. I, I think supposedly shooting like a um, Shaz Vasti um, infiltrator. Because mm. this behind that person getting shot is someone very surprised that that person just got shot. Designated <laughs> <laughs> trooper types for HUT assassination, Lieutenant. NCO or chain of command. That's so much fun. So Which is very unique. Very unique set of options there. I, uh, I can I can see uh, this being very difficult for particular armies. But anyway, go on. Uh, yes, uh, like everyone can potentially do it, but not everyone has a lieutenant that wants to be that close to an HVT on the other side of the board. So, designated trooper uh, must have an enemy HVT inside their line of fire and zone of control. Spend a short skill of an order and make a successful normal whip roll. If the roll is successful, remove the HVT from the board. Uh, and bonus, if the designated trooper is in silhouette contact with the HVT, you get a plus three to the whip roll. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... We're all thinking it. It's, I'm going to say it. What a nightmare in evacuation. <laughs> yes, that's right. There, there are there are some. So uh, this would have been funny. And I like. I know. Uh, did did cryogenics have a classified? Yes. Yeah. So that that would have been an interesting one for. Um, that would have been an interesting one for cryogenics. Decap uh, doesn't they... have classifieds, but it would interfere with the. Um... With decap if it had classifieds, but it doesn't. It's fine. Uh, one of the interesting things um, that I pointed that I pointed out to you guys about this card is that if you successfully do the assassination, you lose the ability to stop your opponent from doing capture a uh, secure HVT by being near their HVT because you've removed theirs from the board. Yeah, you want to be. Um, you want to be very sure that you're going to stop your opponent from doing that or if yeah, they're classified as well already yeah or, yeah, or, or you you're know, happy it's... with getting plus one point for everyone yeah mm. yeah essentially it's it's you i suppose 
going for the win or something like that or just like you know the the game is not going to be thrown by that one point and Mm -hmm. you can be sure that if they do secure hvt that you'll be okay because they only have to have it's just a trooper isn't it could it it, yeah so they just have to have a trooper near your hvt doesn't have to be looking at it you can have your entire army around your hvt doesn't Mm -hmm. fucking matter right they get secure hvt there um so yeah, just sort of, I guess, be careful um, using yes. assassination, uh, especially because you have to do it with a lieutenant NCO or chain of command. Now I know for nomads, at the very least, uh, one of those designated troopers just doesn't fucking exist, uh, which is the chain of command. They don't have a single uh, model with it, uh, which leaves them with lieutenant and NCO. Um, and yes, no bad lieutenants, famous for wanting to be on the front line chasing down HVTs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, luckily, I think they've got some decent NCOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a Gator, for fuck's sake. Yeah, you've got... <laughs> but I don't think a Gator wants to be in silhouette contact with something on the enemy's 16-inch line anyway. Well, look, it can do it. That's all That's all I'm saying, is it can do it. <laughs> it can do it. It can do it. You're right. Um, but the other yeah, the, the, this this will definitely be one that some armies will love and some armies won't. It's also a twenty point or a twenty point card in some scenarios. So it replaces yeah. what was the twenty point card? Uh, extreme prejudice. Extreme prejudice. Extreme prejudice. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's I I I mean I like all of these cards. Uh, I have, uh, so, you know, I have no objection to any of the new ones. All the changes have, as far as I'm concerned, have been Positive. good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, none of them. The good thing is about it, and this is, uh, this is, I think, the one thing that, like, risk rescue, and even, I mean, admittedly, they've still got it, but mapping could sometimes be a little bit confusing. Is, um, like, the way in which you complete. Uh, com- like complete the objectives, especially rescues like bonus. Uh, but even with uh, sabotage, I'm glad to see that they right up front, re- like r- really obviously, more so than they did in the last card, say you do this before like the game starts or something, pick someone's piece of scenery and that's the one you blow up. Yes, they rewarded a lot of those or something like that, to make sure that the first thing you read is do this before the game starts. That's good. Yeah, yeah, which is good. The um, I would have like with the addition of assassination, I would have liked a rework of the secure HVT rule. I mean, it's I mean, like, yeah, there's twenty classified cards, and you can always get rid of one. So I don't know how many games out of a hundred are going to get the, the the assassination card anyway. For some. Like for say Shazvasti, this is super easy to get because I mean Caliban's are a yeah. thing. I mean, it, I mean it is oh, still a whip roll, so Techni- technically an Azura is better at it than a Caliban. Whip plus three in silhouette contact. Like I mean, oh, it's no, fine, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, right. I'm just I'm just saying is the like difference between whip thirteen and yeah, um, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I would rather do it with a Caliban as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, you know, um, any Mnemonica trooper done. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, oh, you've killed my, you killed my anathematic. 
How? But also, I've just transferred its consciousness into something else, and now I have a whip 19 check on my HVT assassination. But um, what, what is nice about especially HVT assassination is that the decision of whether to use that as an Intel comm card or not is a little bit less difficult. If you're, like, like let's say you're forced to take HVT assassination for whatever freaking reason. You've got um, suspected infiltration, or you've got industrial espionage and you're playing against Toha. Yeah, something, something like that. Mm-hmm. And you've got assassination. At the very least, you can go, it's 20 points. Both, I can't do any of... Oh, you know, you, you, in your army, you've got assassination and one that you just you cannot do. Mm-hmm. Right? The assassination, you can very much go, I don't want to get rid of Blind Glass HVT. Right? I'm less upset about using this as my Intelcom card, whereas before it was uh, Coup de Gras something was Extreme Prejudice, which was always a difficult one to get rid of because... Super easy. It, it's super easy. You're like you, like unless you're getting your ass absolutely handed to you, um, you're going to put things into unconscious. There's going to be things that you can step on their necks and get um, that really easy classified. Now you look at it and go, not only is it um, kind of disadvantage disadvantageous to do assassination, it can also be a fucking pain in the ass to have a model to do do it because again, it's lieutenant NCO with China command, yeah. um, and out of all of them, NCO is probably the only one that you'd feel super comfortable getting that close to the enemy. Uh, chain of command uh, for the Farzan. It, no, no, Infiltrating like, camouflage chain of command. Interestingly, so um, it looked like classifieds previously were kind of balanced with their numbers, like in the last deck with like easier classifieds having higher numbers uh, and harder classifieds having lower numbers. Um, suspected infiltration is quite a difficult classifier to perform or could be quite a difficult oh. classifier to perform um, and is still quite a high number. So it's, uh, it's sort of a little, um, uh, uh, like it's got a little bit of a little bit of spice there as well. Cause it's like, oh, this is difficult. I've got Intelcom uh, where I can just score points. I'm playing frontline. Just, just you know, bugger uh, off suspected infiltration. True. I disagree because I think suspected infiltration, the actual ability to pull it off, might, the actual role and going in to pull it off might be more difficult, but the number of opportunities you'll have to do it can be quite broad. Yeah, it can be, especially if you're viewing this from the lens of a Hackers Land player. Hmm. <laughs> I'm well, doing this on a lens from a, I don't know, JSA player. Oh, I think, yes, I guess fair. Veteran Trooper or Elite Trooper is something. Yeah, Veteran Trooper, Elite Trooper, Hacker, Doctor, and it's most things on their side of the board, basically anything that doesn't have structure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'd say, I'd say with the way they've split it, mm-hmm. for the most part, Doctors and Hackers are more common than an Engineer or a Forward Observer. Mm, big time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it might be the case of, yeah, it's it, it's that sort of thing of it's the easier out of the two um, just because you're more likely mm-hmm. to be able to have the troops to do it where, um, you, you know, you can very easily have an army without an engineer or a forward observer because if you've got no rams um and you've got good hackers and you don't feel like you need the afford observers, um, you go, 
you know, you can have a doctor hacker and have no of the other ones. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I don't know about you guys. I like all these cards. I think it's, yeah, right. I think it's a fine deck. Um, I, I, I'm not going to miss most of the ones they, that they took out. Um, I'm not going to miss rescue. I, I don't think anyone's going to miss rescue. But I liked In Extremis Recovery. I think it was flavorful. Yeah. Um, you're pulling someone's, you're ripping someone's cube out because you need to, you need to, you need to make sure they're dead or you need like very specific information. So you've got to pull. Um, and I mean, Extreme Prejudice was just an easy card to complete. So um, it was kind of a little, just a bit of a free point in some classified things. I think, I, th- I think, I think as far as Extreme Prejudice goes, I think very much vig- vigilant. Vigilance is replacing that. Oh yeah, it's an easy, it's a. I mean, for, for for most armies, it's pretty easy to get, but mm-hmm. some armies it might be a more, bit more difficult. Yeah, that's okay. Um, you go to the next slide. Uh, just have an overview of who can do the classifieds. Uh, so basically, every type of trooper that could do a classified before can now do more classifieds. Uh, or the same number. The, the the equipment ones can do the same number. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, just everyone can do more. It's great. Uh, and they removed the cards that had no requirements. So. Yeah, so uh, the, only one, the only one with no requirement now is Predator. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, okay. another... You're still useful. Had another note that I didn't make a slide for uh, the card symbols. Uh, so three more cards picked up a second symbol. Basically, there are three additional symbols in the deck: uh, one engineer, one forward observer, and one doctor. Uh, I, I they're I, all be, additional symbols on an existing card. Yep. Yeah, I'd be I'd be more into knowing those symbols if they popped up more yes. often. Yeah. Well, they don't. Yeah. They pop up basically exactly the same amount in inside the ITS fifteen. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. But in like the future, this... yeah, there could be some more. Yes. Yeah. Then again, I don't. Intel comps like is a relatively. It's not a well-regarded rule. <laughs> I see this as future-proofing the deck yeah. to allow more opportunities to use the symbols, be it for Infocom or an additional new usage. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think I've always been okay uh, with the Intelcom um, like use a card for points thing. I've, I've always been fine mm. with that. Um, but I know a lot of people don't like the if you've got this symbol, you cancel out your opponent, or this symbol, you get an extra point. Yeah, that kind of feels like a gotcha in a game that is very good at trying to Let's remove those yeah. or tell you very frankly that they have a gotcha cut the only gotcha that i want in the game is when i say to my opponent i'm playing combined army and i have 14 troopers on the table do i have an octopus do i have an octopus yeah. uh it's also I one of the, i don't have an octopus they're too expensive also, yeah it was also one of the very few uh bits of infinity that was purely luck based yes like, there was there was no skill in drawing that particular card Yes, yeah, because honestly, it just kind of feels bad if you've got, like, in a tournament, you're like, okay, I'm going to lose this game, but I can keep up. Like, I'm going to be two points under them, and then they play a class where, like, Intelcom plus one objective point. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Good draw. <laughs> yeah, luckily, I think throughout the, like my entire time playing, I think it's mm-hmm. popped up probably against me once. I've probably done it myself like twice. Yeah, I've done it a couple of times. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I've probably forgotten it more times than I've used it. <laughs> uh, okay. Resilience cards. So we're on to our actual like cards for the resilient. I mean, the ones that really are based around uh, the resilience operations based around. Mm-hmm. So just a quick over, uh, overview of these uh, mm-hmm. of resilience operations and the way that sort of these cards works is resilience operations allows you to I guess every single time you play the game you're able to have a set of random objectives to, for actually scoring objective points, mm-hmm. as well as conditions on the board, which we'll go through with the battle condition cards. At the beginning of the game, you each draw... Uh, you, you, you draw two... two um, yeah, you do two draw battle conditions, you choose one, and then I think some of the cards have a choice on the card themselves. Yeah, we'll get and to then for, Sorry? Yes, uh, we'll get into that, yeah. yeah. And then you draw, like you do the for the objectives. You draw two objectives, pick one. Two objectives, pick one. No, you, you, no, you draw four objectives, drop one. Sorry, yeah, sorry, no, no, that's right. Each of you draw four objectives uh, and drop one. Four objectives and drop. Yep. One? Four objectives and drop one. Okay. Yep. Yep. So you you draw four objectives out. You drop the one you don't want to score. Um, and then you that 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 makes up your three your nine points for uh for your objectives that you can score. Yeah, and then you draw one classified. No classified. No. no. Um, no the extra point is for scoring more objectives than your opponent. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Uh, cool. Um, and there is a mulligan rule for tactical objectives where after you have your three. Uh, if they're still bad, you can spend a command token, discard one, and draw a new one to replace it. But you get whatever you draw. There's no choice. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, I'm to, spending a command token that will probably never happen. Yeah. So to reiterate the horrible job I did there, you draw two battle conditions, pick one, choose from the battle condition. You draw uh, four uh, tactical objectives. And you discard one that you don't like with the ability to discard another and draw another with a command token. That's correct. Right. And then, so you've got uh, each of the cards, we'll go through them obviously, um, can, do you score, can score up to three points. Um, Most of one they, or two, one, two or three, but some are just two and three. Yeah. That's just how it goes. And, um, and they're, they're and no classifieds, um, and they're unique. Like they're your tactical objectives, aren't they? They are your objectives. They're secret yeah. until you score them at the end. You reveal them at the end of the game okay, when you're doing yeah. your so, scoring of your objectives. Yeah. So, yeah. so the so they're, they're, conditions uh, are applicable to everyone, and in the event that both players uh, choose the same one, uh, one of them, I think it has to do with initiative roll, uh, discards it and just draws a brand new one. Um, which is good, which is interesting because part of then the resilience operations, uh, like playing the actual game, is potentially trying to figure out what your opponent's trying to do because it can be very quite, much a, is. quite overt. We'll get into it when we. Um, it's also uh, very difficult. <laughs> but it's yeah, I've taken a look at some of these cards. Some of these fucking objectives are not easy. 
No ban on it. Yeah. Uh, All right. So uh, I divided the battlefield conditions up into four categories. Uh, terrain yeah. cards, visual mods, deployable equipment, and then other. Yeah. Because, yeah. So in, in, sh in short, we've got mm -hmm. it, they're all just something combat, aquatic combat, Arctic combat, desert combat, space combat, jungle combat. Um, all all of them have sort of the same theme of it's either play something or uh, have it something on the center line or a table wide effect. Yeah. So uh, whoever draws about gets that, to, yeah. Yeah. Whoever draws gets to pick one of two options. Either they place two circular templates on the table that are terrain zones plus some other stuff, or they choose to have the four inches of the midline be a terrain-based skill or speed boost, yeah. uh, depending on which. Yeah. There are no whole um, whole battlefield uh, yeah, terrain skill terrain cards anymore. Yeah, the um, they're, they're interesting. I've not played with one of these because uh, we'll get into to, um, what what Tristan and I picked for the thing, but, you know, they seem so, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, so the, 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 the names... Obviously, uh, yeah, like you say, make it self-explanatory. Aquatic combat makes whatever terrain feature you put down, whether it's the strip or the circular template, uh, uh, aquatic terrain. Arctic makes it art, or actually makes it mountain. Mountain. Oh, that's okay. probably the one that's needs yeah, to be that's, yeah explained uh, to your players. Yeah. Uh, desert combat makes uh, things desert. There you go, Hakazan players. You finally get to use it. Ooh, uh, space combat does zero G. Continuing uh, and, the Cosmoflot supremacy. Yeah, the Cosmoflot and uh, Corregidor. Yeah. And then Jungle Combat obviously makes Terrain Jungle. Yep. Uh, so for all of the, like... Uh, so it sh should be sort of pointed out that... Uh, for Arctic... Sorry, for Aquatic, Arctic, and... Jungle. Uh, space... No, no space, aquatic sorry, and jungle. jungle. Right, so they're all saturation zones oh, for the two yeah. circular templates that you put down. Mm -hmm. um, whereas desert combat is low visibility, space combat is and space combat is white noise. That's fun. Yeah, I'm that's looking forward to that one because that's is, just something that you don't see on the table very much. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, and then the the four inch terrain gives the like plus one. Uh, to the first move boost for anything that has either train total or the um, no, relevant only in aquatic desert and it's, jungle. Yeah, aquatic Arctic desert and jungle. Oh yeah. yes, sorry. Arctic and space yes. get uh, climbing plus and super jump respectively. Yeah. So the same as the rules for ITS thirteen and yeah. fourteen. So, so my question to you guys is: Is the um, the circular templates do they not give the extra movement? No, no just they, they are. You? They only have the negative penalties from terrain, plus right. whatever visual effect. Right. So the, the the bonus of having the aquatic terrain or whatever is the fact that you, you get to ignore the terrain effect of Correct. that. You don't have to terrain. stop yeah. before you enter. Yeah. So they use the terrain yeah. rules from the 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 rules document. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, Which cool. yeah. is nice in that it doesn't have the issue of some of the previous ITS seasons where you you had to figure out whether you wanted to put them down in a place that you could use the visual effects from it 
but would that give your opponent a speed boost because they've got terrain total? Mm. So now it's it's actually able to block terrain, uh, and people with terrain total just get to ignore the blockage. Yeah, I I can I can see depending on your army composition, mm-hmm. some people really fucking loving either space combat or desert combat and putting down those templates. Because if you've got a ton of MSV, mm-hmm. that low visibility is fucking awesome. If you've mm-hmm. got no MSV and your opponent's one of the more high-tech races, the space, combat space combat's awesome. I think mm-hmm. aquatic combat, arctic combat, and jungle combat will be a little bit less exciting um, although climbing plus in the middle of the uh, table for a Yotam uh, yep. <laughs> could be very scary. Yeah. So, um, aquatic is difficult terrain. Desert is it also, yeah, they're all difficult terrain. So according to the terrain special rules in the, um, in the thing, they're all special. They're all they're all difficult terrain. So it, yeah. So for anyone who hasn't dealt with it, all it means is if you don't have the um, prerequisite terrain or total terrain, uh, as soon as you hit that zone, you need to stop your movement, and then you lose an inch on the on your first move. So if you're four four, you become three four, so on and so forth. Um, so I guess you see that that four inch strip or that eight inch strip, I suppose, in the middle of the table. If you're playing one of those armies that like if you're lucky enough to like say play Huck Islam and draw desert combat, that can be like that can be fucking annoying. For your zooms, zooms. Uh, actually, right. interestingly, according to the, the 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 latest version of the rules, sorry, special terrain um, features are discussed by the players beforehand. So you can actually the only the only um, the only rule that's actually put into place uh, for the the circular templates is their visual mod, their sat zone, their low visibility zone, or their white noise zone. You can they are also terrain zone aquatic, which generally would mean that um, that there would be a uh, some kind of penalty, but it's just discussed with your with your opponent whether you want them to be difficult okay. terrain or not. All right, so um, there you go. which means you that's, can ignore them if you like. That's a good. But thing that was for... that was always an option. Yeah, that's a good thing for tournament organizers. Looking at you, Josh. Hey. Uh, probably worth uh, saying. Hey, if you pick this, this is what it means. Yeah, I, I'm. There's no argument. I'm in a. I'm. I'm in the like. It does state that it is a special terrain zone aquatic. Or special terrain zone mountain, it should be difficult terrain. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Or, or, or impassable, or like somehow like very difficult for someone without a terrain skill to yeah. to, to pass. Because what 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 else is the point of terrain skills then? Yeah. I would love to um if you you drew mountains, you get and you pick the two circular templates as a tournament organizer. You just have like these little hills that they can <laughs> just put mountains on. Yeah, just put a mountain. now, impassable. No jumping yeah. for you. Uh, okay, so what was the next so, group of battles? Next for one was visual mod cards, which are CQB, Night and Storm. These I like. Uh, These I really yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, CQB limits BS attacks to a maximum of 32 inches. Yeah, so um, just like that, the ITS special rule. Feel. Yeah, just um, like the ITS special rule, close quarters battle, um, yeah. exactly what it is. So... 
Being BS attacks, this includes technical weapons and thrown weapons. However, oh, no. <laughs> Discover is not affected because that is not a BS attack. BS attack. You're right. Um, speaking of which, Knight. Uh, Knight makes all BS attacks and discovers over 20 <laughs> inches take place through low vis zone. Oh, that's fun. So, yeah. so that, uh, that's that, that's a really interesting one. Bring your MSV snipers. <laughs> yes. Also, haven't seen that art before for the Knight card. Fucking love it. It's, it looks really good. Yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a Custodia. Oh no. Yeah, it's, a, it's two Nomads things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it's like a custodian or like a gator or something. Uh, I don't know. No, it would be a big heavy infantry, but I don't think it... I don't know. Looks cool. Yeah. And Storm. Yeah. Storm gives anyone with MSV, biometric visor, or X-visor, plus one to their ballistic skill. So much. There are some units with X-visors... That will pop off if you drop that. Ryukens. Or, I mean, don't. Warbear uh, T2 rifle. I was about to say, isn't, 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 14. isn't, <laughs> isn't there an Ariadna one? What's the one that is part of the reinforcements now? The Lugaroos. Don't they Blue-Garoo. have X-Vices? They do have X-Vices, yeah. yeah. So th- there are some troopers well, that would love it. BS cards all have MSV1. Yeah. Well. BS15. Um, Sorry, BS14 uh, Hector, because he's got an X-Files. Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, there's some... There's some, there's some uh, wait, hold on. Backfire Drew's grenade, AM grenade launcher. <laughs> oh, BS16 now. Yeah. Uh, I'm rolling 10s, baby. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't, don't know if I'm remembering wrong, but I thought... I think I think they changed it now, but I thought What's-His-Face Toysa had... Um, a, he has a bio. He had a bio. He's a biometric. He's got a biometric visor. And an MSV one. He has fifteen. Yeah. Choose is great. Um, yeah. I, not much to say. I think. Um, I don't know. Uh, like. Then again, it's. I think it's more the people that like the that we have pano players in the chat, but I t- people tend to not like CQB. But I would like CQB. I love. Spitfire range man's are my favorite. <laughs> I th- I think I think I, I always found the problem that people have with CQB mm-hmm. is not that they not that ne- like necessarily they didn't like it is that they always forgot it and they would mm-hmm. randomly remember throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Like there would be this big shot and, a, and the person who's getting shot at goes, "Oh, we're over 32, you can't do that shot," even though they've been shooting over 32 the entire game. Yeah, yeah. Um so I think I think even Knight will have a very similar um I think each of these cards are going to have a very similar issue where people are going to forget CQB and they're going to forget Knight and people are going to make the mistake of applying Storm if they get a bunch of it across their entire army. Yeah, the um like I I I tend to find that especially when I'm doing lots of shooting I tend to fall a little bit into comfort level maths, um, mm. where I, you know, I know the stat of my trooper, like off by heart. So I yeah, do my it, maths from the stat of my trooper, and I don't really take into account this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, like it's going to require um, ongoing effort on my part to 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 keep to remember. Yeah, it's like when Ford Observer bots had marksmen 
people were like, oh, Ford Observer bots are just BS14, when that's not the case. No. The... Uh, like, I think Storm is exciting enough that I, I, will rem- I would remember for the entirety of the game. Um, the other two would be... They're, they're, they're not necessarily positive, so... I think yeah, the my... other two are more likely to be remembered than, say, you're playing a tournament with CQB. Yeah. Uh, because you have the cards right there. Yeah. And playing yeah. reinforcement Or playing... Not reinforcements. Uh, resilience operations. Resilience, thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know that you're always going to have two cards there to refer to. So mm. that will probably help it be remembered. Yeah, I just need to yeah. slow down. Um, my die res- my like doing my maths for my dies, my die result. Yeah. No, my 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 my, con- my concern was just like like let's say you're running um, which I just thought of a riot girl fire mm-hmm. team, which is fucking gross, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you like you're using that so much that whenever you go to fire with something else, you might be like, oh, you know, I just yeah. get plus one because of blah yeah. blah. It's like no, it's only because of the riot girls had the MSV. But yeah, I think I think you're right. The fact that because these 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 cards are bigger than the classified cards, aren't they? They're like big things, aren't they? They are. Uh, they're the same size as classifieds. So they're just they're just, just landscape. So uh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I think I, I think you are right though. That you're gonna have it there. You're gonna have it in front of you. Well, not in front of your face, but you're gonna have it there on the side of the table. So um, hopefully, yeah, it'll yeah. it'll serve as a reminder. Yeah, I think the thing. I mean, I'm I'm a chronic at forgetting sat zones for um, the circular templates. So like, yeah. I think the entirety of our game in um, uh, in the 400 point limit insertion tournament, Ben and I ignored the sat zones <laughs> completely um not through any fault of our own just that we were we liked our tags shooting stuff <laughs> with yeah, lots that, of dice so that, that was that, that was a problem with an old mission that had a sat zone in the middle strip power pack is oh power pack, yeah yeah, it's yeah so it's like you, would have, you would have the problem where when you got across the other side you would mm-hmm. either you would either forget the sat zone completely or you get to the other side and forget that you're not in the sat zone anymore mm. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, having the cards there will help people mm-hmm. remember. There we go. Yeah. Um, okay. The next one is loyable equipment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we've got ambush, which gives both players three shock mines to deploy in camo form, uh, in their DZ or within four inches of their DZ. Right. Uh, and then defensive system failure. Probably one of my more liked cards, just because I like the theme of it. Uh, both players get two turrets to deploy within four inches of the center line, and all turrets are hostile to both players. Um, I played. I played with this card. We, Tristan and I, played against the table. Um, so we had defense system failure and another one that we'll discuss later. Um, and it was. It was hellish. <laughs> it was, uh, I'm, I'm I'm just thinking what would be funny if you had the um. And like I know it doesn't really pop up in this, but if you had this and the crazy creatures, you're just like fighting these little, you know, s s one like shits that just keep attacking you. Well, there is two now, so yeah, turrets. So yeah, um, um yeah, also, but, like yeah, it's it's hard. Also, you're like, oh, I'm going to place these in a really effective 
spot to to hit my opponent. Oh wait, I now need to get around my own turret <laughs> that I placed in a really effective spot to hit my opponent. Yeah, it's very difficult. Also, a good reason why if you both flop the same uh, card, you have to re redraw because otherwise you could end up with a game with eight hostile <laughs> turrets in the center four inch strip. Or 12 shock mines. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Some some armies are going to love ambush. I'm thinking yes. of like tack that draws ambush is just gonna be like, fuck yes. You're never gonna know what oh. is what. You'll de you deploy them before. I know, I know, but still. But you're right, it's still information overload to your opponent. Here's three yeah. more uh Here's three more counter markers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's... They're both, they're both fun. Defense system failure is, is a ton of fun. It just means that if you're, if you're going second, you get to wipe more than just the two orders that you get from, um, like your command token use from your opponent. You also get to wipe two orders for killing turrets. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes um... more, because turrets just like to crit. Yeah, they just like to succeed. Yeah, I think I think the ambush one is honestly more of though is more of a nuisance because yes, I would hate mines, it. Mines, <laughs> mines can just ruin your day. But um, certainly can. That said, I suppose as like if you're the person uh, deploying the mines, remember that if they discover them and shoot them, they can hurt everything around them. So, um, but a good defensive option. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first thought with that is, go, Nazmat, go! See how many you can trigger with your eight, 12 inches of movement! <laughs> True. And Nazmat's 6'6". 6'4". Six, six. Six, oh, four. sorry, no, sorry, 6'4". Uh, oh. It's the, um, Phineas's 6'6". 6'4", yes. Uh, 10 inches of movement. Uh, possibly more when we get to the next cards. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, nothing, uh, anything else to say on those ones, guys? No. Ah. Fun. So the final two, we have hostile civilians and urban combat. Uh, hostile civilians, pretty simple. All enemy HVTs are hostile HVTs. That's uh, what uh, I played with. It was there were six turrets on the table. <laughs> well, no, there were six four. turrets on each other table because yeah. the hostile civilians also just popped off with their pistols. My my um I. I lost the game that I played against Tristan because my dice were awful. My uh, my HVTs did more work than every single other one of my troopers. Constantly stunning. Just stunning the shit. So, so hold on. So the enemy HVTs can attack. It doesn't just count for them not getting the bonus. To, in, the in the resilience operations, they with this, they can be hostile. So they, they gain the designated target hostile HVT profile. Um, oh, interesting. So they have a stun pistol, they can dodge, they have all the whole gamut of skills. Okay, interesting. Makes civvy vacuum um, them a bit of a trouble. It's very difficult. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it, it, it turns it into civvy vacuum them for you actually, like, taking them, I suppose, hostage. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. actually capturing them. Uh, last and one, and probably my favourite that I really want to play with, uh, Urban Combat. Uh... Basically, everyone gets plus one inch to their first move value. 
if you have terrain total and only terrain total, you get plus two to your first move skill instead. Is that an eight four Marut? It is an eight four Marut. Yeah. Oh my god, it's an eight and an eight four Achilles. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> no, this is the first move value, not the first movement. Because yeah. that was in one of the previous uh, ITS. Yeah, it was the first move skill. Yeah. With the, no, I think of the last. Move value. And then it was ITS 13, had most Wait. first move skill. Wait. Yeah, it's the first move value. Which means that um, if you do a skill and then move, you still get to do, you still get to apply your, your plus two inches, which you couldn't do in ITS 13. Yeah. You okay? Does that does that apply for? Because what I was thinking after I mentioned Achilles is, does that uh, apply for um, Berserk? It's first move value. It is your first move value. So yes, it does. Yes. So, so for... Berserk, Super Jump, Climbing Plus, Climb, uh, Jump. It all counts for all of those things. It's not specific to the move skill. It's your move. Yeah. It's adjusting your movement value. Which yeah. is awesome. So yeah, there are there are some. Fuck, there are going to be some uh, armies that get that, and they just. Sorry, I should say uh, shouldn't say armies. There's no armies that necessarily get that because train total is sort of. Or Shinobu. But there are some fucking fast profiles. Achilles moves twelve inches. Um, hold on. Can we, can we think of any? Can we think? Yeah, the Marut's ridiculous. Can we think of any other broken ones? Well, I mean, 6 4 on Shinobu is pretty busted. Hmm. And um. that is possibly 7 4, depending on the other battle card. Yeah, Because all models with terrain total will get to benefit from any uh, center str- buff strip. Yes. So if your opponent pulls urban combat and you have a uh, battlefield or one of the other uh, terrain combat cards, think very carefully about whether you want to give a speed buff. (laughs) Oh, Brando de Castro has terrain total. Yeah, there's some nuts ones in there. There's, there are some ones that really love that one. I was just thinking one that's kind of universal for everyone that probably a lot of people would enjoy is Beast Hunters. Right, be- they, six, six, four Beast Hunters. They, do they have Terrain Total? Yeah. Choices. Right, uh, which is like almost universal now that those you pull that and those guys are nippy. I mean, they already were with their super jump and everything. Yeah, but now... nine two climbing plus nimmers. <laughs> Not yeah, okay. <laughs> Only in that very specific. Uh, what is that? Is that Arctic combat in the middle of the table? Uh, Arctic jungle or aquatic? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! Sorry, no, not okay. Climbing, they have climbing plus natively. Oh, they do, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Numbers so as long as that's a, a boost strip, uh, yeah, nine two. This really like it's starting to feel like Mario Kart almost. <laughs> yeah. All right. Like they, 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 Rem Racer. They, they, yeah, they were they already felt sort of uh, Mario Kart karty when they like last season. Now they they because it feels like you hit the middle and just like. Pew. 
This was the only, only saving grace is I get out of the, that zone very quickly if they're going straight <laughs> forwards. So, favorite cards? What cards are you most excited to see paired up on the table? Look, I very much enjoyed the pairing of hostile HP, hostile civilians and um, <laughs> system defense failure. Uh, that was yeah. a lot of fun. Um, That's very funny. Uh, the urban combat and ev- and any other terrain skill zone sounds sounds pretty fun as well. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to storm as well. Storm storm mm. looks like a lot of fun. I I kind of would like to see, um, like I think we've I've had an, we've all had sort of enough exposure to the like the terrain ones. They make sense while they're mm-hmm. there, but it's sort of yeah. Um, that said, I suppose desert terrain and storm could be fucking nuts for something with MSV. Um, yeah, because they're low vis zones as well as um, yeah. As yeah. well as you've got the plus one to shoot, uh, but I think I think I'm more I, I'm most excited for um, uh, I, I, CQC uh, CQ CQ CQC CQB CQB yeah. close quarters yeah. battle. Yeah, I like I like the I I've I've always sort of liked the idea of that extra. Um, I know a lot of people don't, um, and I'd like to see it on, on the table. I'd love to see it on the table. I think it's uh, I think it's really neat. A neat way of playing, but I, I love Spitfires. So. Insert Marge Simpson meme. I'd like to see CQB <laughs> and Urban Combat. Yeah. Oh yeah. So everything nice has short beauty. range and is faster. Yeah. Nice. I think I do like the idea of the cards that are like equally affect everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than the um, like the train ones. Um, so like night, like knights, you can see cost hostile uh, HVTs, the turret uh, ambush, and uh, the urban combat. I like the idea of just changing the battlefield condition for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, it's only really a very specific sort of army that will particularly like one of the terrain cards anyway. So I suppose those cards just negatively affect everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, uh, it's interesting that they included turrets and hostile civilians and only gave them one card. Um, but you know it opens up the opportunity of having extras. A lot like, of uh, this looks like future proofing, where they can have different decks, either a new deck every few years, or have multiple decks in rotation. Yeah. Mm. They might what just thing, add yeah. add cards to the conditions what, deck. Um, what, what they could what they could honestly do is have it so that when you talk about rotating cards, have it like mm-hmm. like let's say like a blue green red deck, and yeah, that none of them are hard or anything. They're just different, mm-hmm. and so you could be like, oh, this tournament's a resilient tournament, and we're using the blue resilience deck, or like yes. each yeah. round is like this is the blue round, red round, mm-hmm. green round. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, because resilience ops is a tournament format. Um, it's not a mission, which means that all three rounds have to be resilient. Well, don't don't have to be, but um, it's designed to be all three rounds of a tournament. If you're playing a three round tournament, mm. all all of the rounds of the tournament are resilience operations. Um, the um, 
by having some extra variety in there by having rotating decks would be really cool, but obviously that's time that takes time to yeah. get there. Uh, they need to see a, how this goes first. I had a thought on the uh, battlefield condition that I wanted to run you guys, I guess. Um, think about options of using it outside of resilience operations. Um, so thinking like a tournament where you've got your standard missions, but at the start of each round, the TO draws two battlefield condition cards, and those apply <laughs> to every table at the tournament for that round. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd really yeah. like that. Yeah, that, that's, Ignore, that's, that's ignoring the all the other terrain conditions. Uh, you would have to pick missions appropriately. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's cute. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's yeah, I like cute. it a lot. Um, especially with uh, the like quantum shit that's going on. Yes. Uh, at yes. the moment, it's like you know, you're in the middle of, you know, you're in the middle of the city, and suddenly it just turns into a desert, and you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. It's going to be good for this season for sure. Absolutely, it's good. It's, it's, def- it's definitely a good like narrative idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Like it a lot. Mm. Resilience cards, objectives. Yes. Okay. So I broke these into five categories: um, area control, yep. HVT objectives, uh, beacons, beepers, and objectives. Oh my! <laughs> Killing and stuff, and other. And so j- just to remind our listeners, these are the ones that form your uh, three missions for the game. So whatever these cards are, whatever you end up picking, these are the ones that determine really whether you win or lose the mission. So, so far we've gone through the classifieds, which won't, don't apply for resilience operations, and the battlefield conditions, which I've got nothing necessarily to do with points. Um, these are the ones that are actually replacing the objective points from the old ITS um, in Resilience Alt. So first one is area control? Yeah. 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 So these work pretty much the same way. Um, There's three of them that have two zones and one of them has one zone. Uh, Central control is, uh, sorry, central control, N domination, Z domination, all have two zones. Uh, basically, there's one on your opponent's side, one on your side. If you dominate at the end of the game, you get two points for the one on your opponent's side, one point for the one on your side. Yeah. Uh, King of the Hill has an eight-inch radius at the center of the table. If you dominate it, you score two points. Or if you subjugate it and dominate it, you score, score the full three points. So we went over this um, last uh, episode. Dominate is uh, what we're all used to, more points mm-hmm. in the certain... Uh, section uh, subjugate is sort of like an area control uh, so it's the same as controlling objectives where you subjugate it if you're the only person in that area not quite um, no. I reread it when I was doing this car- going over the cards because of how it's worded it is possible to subjugate the zone and not dominate it and in that case, you get nothing because you have to dominate it first. Uh, it's possible to do that because troopers in marker state don't count towards subjugation. I would but agree they do with you. Count toward domination. I would agree with your interpretation, but there is a, the, the sentence after it says so there cannot be any enemy troopers inside the quadrant or sector. So. Um, it, it, a, yeah. a, a marker cannot subjugate. But it, um, 
but well, it also it, 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 it stops your opponent from subjugating. Uh, where is it? Uh, yeah, because you can't subject because you can't you know do the control or whatever <laughs> as a marker. Only one with at least one trooper as a model, not a marker inside the area. So there cannot be any enemy troopers inside the quadrant or sector. Yeah, which means uh, so no uh, enemy troopers and oh, your trooper has to be a model. Yeah. Ah, uh, this is this is Nick's this is Nick's turn to think that he's big he's big smart man. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, I got the wrong. Big Brian. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, so Thank you. That makes sense now. Yeah. So just <laughs> just just quickly before we go, the so uh, King of the Hill, as I said, is it's King of the Hill, right? If if you if you're playing Infinity and haven't heard of the concept of King of the Hill, I I don't know how to help you. Um, think back to your Halo dang play, Halo play. Oh, anything, uh, bloody. I mean, if you played Perfect Dark, there was King of the Hill. If you played uh, fucking Goldeneye, there was King. Of the I Hill. want just want my Halo announcer to be yeah. announcing stuff over the top of my Infinity games. Yeah. King of the Hill. Um, so central so control um, is two uh, eight eight inch strips, right on from the middle. So there's area A, area B. They're eight inch, eight inches long. So is that is that the same size as frostbite? Is that bigger than frostbite? Same size as frostbite. Because it's it's sixteen inches wide. This. Mm-hmm. It's the same as frostbite. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, as Nick said, you get more points for the one that's closer to you. So all of these are like like closer to your deployment, further from your deployment. Mm-hmm. Um, N domination and Z domination are both the same sort of thing. It's about the a, a quarter closer to you and a quarter further to, from you. The only difference is that one is the the it, it's flipped. So you either it's either you, A is on the left and B is on the right, or B is on the right and uh, sorry A is on the right and B is on the left. It's the only yep. difference. So with N and Z domination, I really like the simple elegance that they did making them called N and Z. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the N and Z, if you trace out the letter on the board, the two quadrants that you start and end the letter in are the two uh, quadrants you need to control for that type of domination. Yep. Yeah. It's very good. That that is cute. Um that is actually that is it's yeah. oh, oh that's really cute. Very elegant. Yeah. Um these ones don't uh Seem hor- horrible. They are also at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all, all of them are at the end of the game. I should yeah. specify all of these objectives are at the end of the game. There are no end of game round ones. Yeah. Um, in, in in resilience objectives overall, there are no end of yeah. game round ones. Yeah. Sorry, but yeah. So, uh, which means, I think one important thing that we'll probably see with the resilience operations is. Um, if you're running an operations tournament, making sure people run to time and get through all three um, things. End of the game is end of the game, whether they are sure. slow playing themselves or not. End of the game sure. is end of the game. Okay. For the players, it's really important yeah. that they get through all three turns, especially if you're like me that sometimes aims for like end of the game win. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, th- I think uh, as far as like figuring out what your opponent has to do, um, if they're sort of grouping around uh, things, um, then you probably know that they've got one of these. Cent- central central control is probably the only one that would be difficult to figure out because it's just be in the middle. Uh, 
it is nice that with the exception of Edens and Domination, they all overlap in some areas of the board. Yeah. So you can probably tell that your opponent's going for territory, but you might not be able to tell what they're going for until either turn yeah. three or the yeah. end of the game. Do I just get in get a single model into the into the middle so they can so they don't score King of the Hill, or do I have to um, do I have to commit points to a particular objective zone so they they can't get anything? Yeah. I could only imagine if you drew N and Z domination. Uh, if your you... opponent is going like aggressive as fuck on you because they have to be in your um, like side of the board, probably have drawn both of these. If you draw both of these, like your other two have to be very bad for you not to discard one of these for that, sure. That might be a command token situation. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. all of them can be done together with the exception of NNZ domination. Right. Though yeah. it would be an interesting game if one person had N and one person had Z. Just and you're just trying to dominate players that are completely mutually exclusive. <laughs> it's like you just like it just it's just like two ships. Um, yeah, just broadsiding each, yeah. each other. That's all it is. I'm here. Yeah. I'm okay with that. You're there. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Wait a second. It's it's it, it, it's a game of um, like it's like one of the most passive games of Infinity you've ever watched. Remember, you no do not want your opponent to score objective point. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. What's next? HVT objectives. Yes. Uh, so we've got hijacking and silence. So hijacking is the civivac. Uh, so you get one point per HVT in civivac to a maximum of two. And you get a third point if one of those HVTs is in your own DZ. Uh, so you can only score off of two HVTs for that. Yeah. So Island? I suppose just to remind, uh, there are four HVTs on yes. the board. There are four HVTs. There are eight HVTs total. HVTs just total. Yeah. Oh, no wonder that hostile HVTs was fucking gross. It's nightmare. It's a nightmare. Silence. Uh, you need to. Re you get a special remove HVT short skill. Uh, need to be in the zone of. Or zone of control and uh, line of fire of the enemy HVT. Make a normal whip roll. On success, you remove them from the table. Uh, the oh, yeah. first HVT you remove is worth one, and the second one is worth two more for the total of three. Um, yeah, also good to note <clears throat> you won't know. So battle conditions are selected after the initiative roll, whereas objectives are selected prior to the, or prior to picking your army list, which means that you don't know if you when you pick hijacking, you don't know whether you're getting hostile civilians or not. So um, just be careful. <laughs> picking so hijacking. Silence is pretty is pretty much um, the it's like it's like assassination, but for like. It's pretty much just assassination. Yeah, okay. it's basically assassination, uh, except for you don't get a bonus if you're in silent contact. Yeah, yeah, and anyone can do it. Oh yes, and anyone can do it. Yeah, so that, that, that's that's one thing overarching uh, for uh, resilience operation is that uh, th there is no need to have a specialist to do any of these objectives. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Cool. I mean, 
I, I, I would say that if it, at first I'd probably want to get rid of um, these cards if I could, because dealing with HVTs and Sibivac is just always annoying. It's always order intensive. Silence will be fine because that's what we're already doing. Silence, silence. Fine, especially because the HPTs have to be further up the table. Yeah. Yes. I mean, look, silence is fine. It's still just always a, sort of a pain to. Um, but uh, one good thing I suppose about this is, is it is an objective that you can complete mid-game. Yes. Like you can get rid of a. HVT, be like, okay, I've got one point. I suppose the only other issue with it, which is not so bad, is that it is obvious. It is super obvious what you're going for as soon as you go for it. If you're in line of fire and zone of control of eight is, um, and you're performing a normal whip roll, and you have hostile civilians, they can just shoot you back with a stun True. pistol for free. Which means that you need to be careful that your um, the your the, your piece that is going to take out these HVTs, doesn't get stunned. Yeah. One thing about silence, like I said, it, it is an immediate score. So once you do it, they're your points, your opponent can't take them away. But once you kill the first HVT, they know exactly what one of your cards is yeah. and can take moves to directly stop you. Yeah. Uh, so probably you good line this up two HVTs to kill in one turn. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I will mentioned that um as much as like hdt is annoying to deal with which is why i wouldn't want to do hijacking they're also fucking annoying to like defend against these sorts of objectives because i remember in in like an unmasking you could grab one of the hvts and draw it back into your deployment zone that takes a lot of fucking orders to do if um, um if you do pick hostile civilians and your opponent does have silence and you don't you can just put your hostile civilians in full line of fire of everything that they do so anything that they do is going to incur a dodge or a stun um or a lookout or something they can react as normal mm -hmm. troopers um and your opponent has to be tempted can should should be tempted to just shoot them which means they cannot cause um score silence cuz scoring silence is not being shot Mm -hmm. It's uh, he's scoring a normal whip roll, and HPTs are removed after they lose their one wound. So does, um, a little does, bit of tactics involved. Does stun stop you from doing this short skill? Yes. No, because this is a normal. Well, oh, so it's a normal whip roll. Stunned, stunned, you cannot declare any skill other than. They've, they've got a, they've got like a set of them, don't they? Yeah. No, it's, it just says you can't do an attack skill, but that's what I'm saying. This isn't an attack skill. Yeah, but most class, all 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 skills are all skills that are objective focused. Like there's a precedent set with ITS that all. I mean, like at the at the at the very yeah. least, if you're stunned or whatever, it's at neg three. I'm pretty sure. Like it'll be a neg three, yeah. It'll be a neg three. So at the very least, you're making it hard harder for your opponent. That's true. Um, but so... but if they shoot them, if you force them to shoot them by putting their you putting your hostile civilians in the way of their troopers, and causing them to stun things, um, then they can't score this thing. So yeah. you, you're making your your life you're making your opponent's life very difficult. Yeah. It's also it's also a risk because it's a normal roll. So that stun mm -hmm. shot is is unopposed. Mm -hmm. Right, so yeah, uh, hostile civilians with any of these two, uh, any of them, but both of them can be really annoying. A nightmare, yeah. Yeah. 
especially if they do hostile civilians and then deploy them all in a clump so they're yeah. watching each other. Yeah. Uh, beepers okay. and beepers and objectives. Oh my! All right, let's let's take turns going through all of, all of these ones because there's quite <laughs> okay. a few. Yeah. All right, Nick, you can have the honors of starting off. Okay. So uh, beacons first, and as a reminder, those are the two destroyable things you deploy at the edge of your deployment zone. Uh, two possible ones: appropriation, uh, which is capture an enemy beacon. It's one point for capturing one. And two, if it's in your half the table. Three, if it's in your DZ. Right. So, so you only score off of one of them. And you right. get more points the further back it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interrupt the signal is damage enemy beacons. You get one OP at the end of the game for every structure that any of their beacons have lost during the game to a maximum of three. So you could conceivably... I don't know why you would do that and do it, but you could grab your opponent's beak and bring it mm -hmm. back, bring it back, and you wouldn't get the point once you did this, and you could smash it up. You could, uh, but you, this means you could take both of them at the same time. Yeah, there's two well, beacons, yeah. so you could grab one for appropriation and destroy one for interrupt the signal. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, you could, for whatever fucking reason, mm -hmm. pick up one, move it back, and, and then destroy it. Correct. Yeah, you but could have a forward. You? you could have a forward deployer infiltrator grab it, pull it back to someone who has decharges, who can more easily destroy it, since you, it still has the normal um, AC two rules for destroying it. Uh, no, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. Nope. It has no. There are no rules apart from it has its stat line, and that's it. <laughs> oh, I am. Um, so it it it, it doesn't it doesn't have it doesn't have the defense system. Nope, no defense system and doesn't have a... Um, the only thing it can be targeted with is the engineer special skill, but there's nothing... Uh, uh, it can, can only be damaged with by weapons possessing the anti-material trait. Yeah, so yeah. Um, that includes missile launchers. Oh, or DA, um, so there's uh, no CC requirement on it. Wow, no CC requirement. I did not read this over very well because I was tired last night when I put this together. Yeah, it's fine. Um, no, Kevin um, put a question in the, uh, in the patron chat. Um, while we're recording this and, and asked if they could be and I had a quick read um, while we were discussing other things and yes, okay. it doesn't look like you have to um, declare CC against them which means don't put them in open line of fire against your opponent yeah. who has missile launchers done, easy yeah. so hide hide that hide them. Uh, yeah, certainly hide that oh, uh, reminds me of committing. the old yeah, it reminds me of the old, uh, oh, God, it wasn't tic-tac-toe. What was it called? Com Comaray or something like that? It used to be one where you had to activate objectives and then you could blow them up. You got points for doing both. Um, um, but you could shoot them. Oh, I don't know. No, it yeah. wasn't Com I can't remember. I'm Com sure. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, again, just a reminder for the next, uh, the next objective... Uh, what beepers are, they're a deployable that every single trooper gets. The um, specialists get an extra, you know, load of it. So it's like disposable two for specialists. And it's just put down like any other mine. Yes. Right. So the next objective is triangulate the signal, which is at the end of the game. You get one objective point to a maximum of two for each of the beepers that you've put down in your enemy's half of the table, you get an extra point if one or any of those beepers are 
fully inside the enemy's deployment zone. How fun. So I suppose a bit of a theme for at least these uh, three, which is getting very close to your enemy's DZ. Yeah, a lot of these are like, I mean, you, they need to, they need to have, um, increasing difficulty to have those one, two or three extra objective points. Yeah. So, no, it, the, yeah, the, so far from what I, from, from what I'm seeing, um, probably other than silence, cause it's just like, do it again. Um, <laughs> these are, yeah, it, like more and more difficult to get the extra mm -hmm. points. Yeah. Very yeah. difficult. Yeah. Most of them are two points is easy. And then the third point is doing one of them better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, objectives are uh, each player places three when they're setting up the table for resilience ops. Each player places three objective markers on the table. Um, they're your standard either forty mil objective tokens or a piece of scenery. Your choices. Um, the we have two classifieds based on objectives. We have guard the supply lines. At the end of the game, the player gains one objective point for each of their own objectives they control. So you're guarding your own objectives. Uh, and appropriate supplies at the end of the game, the player gains one objective point for each enemy objective that they control. Uh, objectives are placed anywhere in your half of the table? Uh, or within eight inches of your DZ zone. There you go. Or so, DZ yeah. Depending yeah. on how you, um, as a discussion of players, how large you'd like to make your DZs, because there's no... Um, there's no uh, prescription in the Resilience Ops rules. Um, there could be you know, 16, 20, 24 inches up the table. Yeah. And to remember with this, um, they are pieces of terrain that you can move. They are, what's the word I'm looking for? Tactical elements, uh, which you can go up and grab and move around. So like beat, controlling just like your the beacons, I imagine? Uh, every single one of those is a tactical element and you can pick it up. So beacons, beepers, and HVTs are all tactical elements as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I can I can probably see that uh, guard supply lines is probably one that a lot of people it's would pick off the easy. off yeah. the back. Yeah. Um, Especially if you go first. Yeah, because uh, can Rems uh, pick up can can Rems pick up tactical? Yep. Uh, yeah. Elements? Everyone can, with the exception of baggage, you can pick up two. Yeah, so I can I can see I can see a lot of flash pulse flash pulse bots with their six six move doing a lot of work in resilience ops. Um, if you grab this card, they just run mm -hmm. up, grab the um, objectives, pull them back very easily. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I Healing think this is and a... stuff. Go for a Nick. Uh, okay, I'll start. Uh, decimate enemy forces. Uh, one objective point for every 25% or full 25% of the opponent's army that you have killed. Uh, that pairs up with survival, which is one OP for every 20, full 25% of your army that survived. And easy. Yeah, yep. I mean, you know, yeah, they're pretty self-explanatory. It's just annihilation on a stick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. Um... Do I take yeah. the I, they're just yeah, all killing. <laughs> killing or don't be killed and yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we've got decapitation at the end of the game. The player gains objective points based on the number of enemy lieutenants that they have killed. Uh, one is two objective points, or two or more enemy lieutenants is three objective points. Um, so it's, I, 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 lieutenants aren't, like, they're not open information yeah. resilience. No, 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 no. Okay, so this one, if you, this is a one I can see people, a lot of people piffing mm-hmm. uh, because... It sort of depends li- on who you're playing against, right? Um, yeah, but your lieutenant tends to be a pretty hard target one way or another, even in, like depending on like, if it's the profile, if it's the... Um, if it's where they're positioned. Hmm. True. Um, but you just pick the list oh. geared towards... The, the, problem, the problem I have is the when it gets to the two or more lieutenants because you one turn loss of lieutenant, which means there's no lieutenant on the board. Um, you have to get it in it. You have to get it in three, and you have to find the enemy's lieutenant. You're only really scoring three objective points on this if you're going if you're if you're absolutely smashing your opponent. Yeah, or you like you know them well enough that you know like okay, that's the lieutenant, and then that's the um, kind of command. I think then again, in turn three, if you're going second, um, and you've killed their lieutenant in turn one, and they're starting their their, third, their second turn loss of lieutenant and then their third turn in, in, in with their new lieutenant. Generally speaking, if you've managed to kill their lieutenant in, in turn one, they're at a point where maybe you're having to use their lieutenant order anyway to for efficiency. Um, so it then becomes a, do I play one order down or do I reveal who my lieutenant is to my opponent? Sure. So there's a few things. So this there. is, lieutenant has been killed, capital K killed, uh, which means that it's dependent on their state at the end of the game. So if you put your opponent's lieutenant in an unconscious state and they bring them back up, Not they killed. are no longer killed at the end of the game. I can, I can probably say this is, as like from what we've covered so far, um, the hardest objective, and I can see a lot of people wanting to get rid of that. Yeah, big time. Yes. Yep. I, I would I would almost hazard, hazard to say that unless you specifically go out to do this objective, like you say, I'm going to pull this objective, I don't think I, we're almost ever going to see this one on the board. Yeah, I mean, unless your opponent is playing combined army and they say their whip is 16 or 17, so you know they've got mnemonica, which means you can always check who the, who the lieutenant is. Um, I th- I, like, it's going to be very difficult to score. Yeah. This one. So, because these are drawn after you pick the army. No, before. Before. So you can you pick the army it. based on. No, you list. You pick your. So sorry. Oh, um. Yeah. The, after you know your opponents, after you know the table and your what army your opponents playing, and then you pick your list based on what objectives. Right. Yes. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, stand by. This is not going to be seen too much. There's probably a couple armies that can reliably take this but i'm thinking infiltrators like multiple infiltrators yeah and it also and... depends on or sorry not infiltrators, uh, impersonators impersonators well. yeah. uh, and it depends a lot on what your opponent's army is still yeah. uh, so time. if you know that they're playing a sectoral that's going to have a fire team <clears throat> that's likely going to have a lieutenant in it uh maybe but yeah i, I think this is probably going to be the the lowest priority card, the first one you pitch. 
even playing an army like um a Bakunin, which mm-hmm. have pretty soft lieutenants for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um I still like I'll still have three moderators um that are identical to the mm-hmm. lieutenant profile. So at the very least with like one of the softest like as far as profile goes, lieutenant, you still have mm-hmm. to make the guess. And then yeah. once you kill them, I get to put that lieutenant order anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and our last one is priority target. This objective is revealed after the deployment phase. The opponent must publicly choose three of the troopers that they deployed on the game table. They cannot choose troopers in hidden deployment, hollow echoes, or decoys as priority targets. At the end of the game, the player gains an objective point for each priority target that they have killed. One of my favorite things thinking about this particular one is you reveal this and go, I'm going to pick that flash pulse bot, that flash pulse bot, and your TR bot. No, you, you don't know, pick. Your opponent pick. pick. They pick for you. Oh, the opponent must typically choose. Oh, okay. They pick no, I their models back. that are your targets. Mm, oh, yeah. well, okay. I take that back. Sorry, I misheard that. That's um. Okay, that's fucking real rough. I pick this net rod. I pick this net rod, and I pick this net rod. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. Sorry, I take that back. That's rough as fuck. Yeah. It's uh. It's hard. It's a hard one, but it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so like, can't yeah. be hidden deployment, can't be hollow echoes, can't be decoys. Well, this one I'm not sure about the wording because it, the true it can't you cannot choose a trooper in hidden deployment, you cannot choose a hollow echo, and you cannot choose a decoy. So, because if you read it as you cannot choose troopers in hollow echoes, doesn't make sense. So I think you can't choose the hollow echo. I th- no, no, Hollow Echoes is a marker state, so all three yeah. of them are Hollow Echoes. Um, but you can deploy a Hollow oh. Echo Trooper without deploying their Hollow Echoes, which yes. makes it the, the normal one. So, I mean, you can pick a something in a marker state, like in a in a you can pick an impersonator or a um, camo or a camo marker, which means that I would assume that you know it's it's perfectly reasonable for you to drop your I don't know. Um, hollow masked Luduan down that you've hollow masked as an Aragodo, and then go. That's my that that Aragodo is what you have to kill, and then oh wait no, it's a Luduan. Now there's three of them. Which one do you have to kill? Yeah. Um, I think that's perfectly reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit of shenanigans, bit of shell game. Would you? Would you uh, like? I suppose, I suppose it doesn't say to mark them, does it? It uh, just he publicly chooses. Choose. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. uh, yeah. I, I was about to say, like, if you put it in Hollow Echo, would you have to be like, this is the one I picked? But you don't have to mark them. No. You just have, even if just you did have, have to be the real one. Even if you did have to mark them, Hollow Echo's take on the states of their owner. No, no. So, um, so often what it's been is... Um, you have to mark the trooper, so you wouldn't be able to mark the Hollow Echoes because they're not troopers. But that's not the case here anyway. Yeah. Um, but this one is interesting, uh, mainly because, like, mainly because your opponent has to pick. I, I think depending on your army, if you if someone says I'm going to play, let's say Shazvasti, 
Um, I would probably piff. I would probably ditch this card if I could. After deployment. No, no. So it's picked no, no, before no. deployment, though. So you, yeah, as, as, as in, as in, they've said, I'm playing Shadowmasty. Yeah, yeah. So the, you you get this card, and then you and then you reveal it after the deployment phase. But if if your opponent is playing Hackerslam or Shazvasti, you go, nah, can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> Any, or, anything, or yeah, anything that's just going to make it fucking annoying to even shoot at the priority target, mm-hmm. I probably want to get rid of it. Look, that, but that said, if I got this and decapitation, I'd be happy to get rid of, I'd get rid of decapitation first. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I could sort of live with at the very least. Um, you know, it, they're, they're going to potentially, they're going to deploy in such a way that they're going to have to pick something that might be like their active piece. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, I can at least try and kill that. Yeah. I think that decap and priority target are going to be picked when you either want a bit of self-challenge. So maybe if you're playing against a newer player mm-hmm. um, and you want a bit of self-challenge, or if you just like, you want a, a fun thematic kind of game i think priority target is going to be a, a super fun mission to play um okay. which i think is um outside of a tournament setting that's kind of what you're there for right priority target it involves your opponent um if your opponent's game to make it a little bit more fun for you as well then they'll pick something that isn't the three net rods that they deployed in the back of their deployment zone mm. um and, but even if they have god how fun would that be just like oh and now i get to roll my now i get to you know, mm-hmm. activate my speculo, <laughs> try and kill one yeah. of them. Um, that's that's yeah. the other thing about the resilience operations is you're supposed to take all comer sort of lists. Mm-hmm. So, in preparation or like the possibility of I have to I have to have priority target. Um, you probably are going to take something with combo jumper parachutists or some, something like that. So you that are probably taking an impersonator a superior infiltrator or a parachutist in in an all-rounder list anyway. Yeah. So uh, unless your army specifically doesn't have access to them. Um, but I think that, like, in, in, in any one of those combinations, I think every army does. Yeah, they'll have something like that, yeah. I think priority target is perfectly fine as the third card. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be one of the favorites, but I would definitely take it over decap. I would definitely take it over having both N and Z uh, domination. Uh, it's it's doable, but it's going to be something that I try to get done on the way to doing something more yeah. solid. The having killing one of those priority targets counts as you scoring this objective, which means that you still get the extra point if you score more objectives than your opponent. Yes. Um, it's not about objective points when you mm-hmm. score more or not. Um, it's about the actual physical objective cards that you score. So even if you can't get all three objective points on this one, mm-hmm. like if you can get one of them and you get more, it's still worth two. Yeah. Technically. And it's, that's a good it's, it's probably one of the easier cards to get one op from yeah and it also it also means that if uh, you know we were talking like about like infiltrators and stuff if you say i'm playing jsa your opponent might go might go might go fuck right he's probably got shinobi she's probably sitting there right outside my dz i'm gonna have to pick a hard target like something that's really valuable 
that you would have wanted to go for anyway because he wants he doesn't just want to pick three soft squishy things that Shinobu's going to go bam 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 and kill yeah so this this is like i said i i still think like it's it's close to decapitation in like priority of what i'd want to get rid of but it like you said it does interact with your opponent it does make them make potentially really difficult decisions mm-hmm. yeah and it, it, like i think it's i think it's just fun i think like while it's not an easy one to score it'll be fun to play yeah like you know cryogenics not a particularly easy mission to score 10 in bloody fun mission though so yeah true yeah <clears throat> and that's what we're playing a game yeah we're playing a game we're not here to win sometimes so <laughs> if you if you, unless you're Val um what's our next category I think is this other, the last one other yeah, this is the final card cyber siege which is what um almost it's sabotage, sabotage plus minus some plus minus plus 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 minus yeah. minus so it's basically it's sabotage uh with uh it requires more no yeah, I'll, I'll, I, okay. think, I, Go ahead. I think we're going to have to read out this card because okay. it's so unique. Yeah. Okay, so after the initiative roll, before deployment, uh, the player privately chooses a piece of scenery that is totally inside the enemy half of the table. A trooper must be in silhouette contact with the piece of scenery, spend a short skill of an order, and successfully make a normal whip minus three roll. Uh, the player gains two objective points. If the piece of scenery is totally inside the opponent's deployment zone, they gain one extra objective point. So what's super interesting about this card is two things. A, it doesn't have a one objective point uh, thing. You can only score two objective points off it. Secondly, it's the only card where you get to, at the very beginning of the game, choose how much this card's worth. You have to decide how risky you want to go. So I can see I can see this one very much, you know, anyone with a superior infiltrator, like a really good one, like a, a fucking uh, something, uh, an impersonator, anything with uh, big infiltration, or like you know you've got a parachutist, mm-hmm. uh, anything with uh, bloody anything with um, deployment zone parachutist. Oh, you're gonna take uh, this one because you know you're going to go plop, spend a skill three points. Thank you very much. Whip minus three. Whip minus three. It might not be one skill. I um I True. had to I was I tried to score this one against Tristan and I had to suicide a grief operator because of a a very well placed turret that I placed. Um, <laughs> I placed that turret so well uh, and it cucked me. Um, I yeah tried to I had to suicide a grief operator, but you know while they're whip thirteen. They're also just whip 10 for this, which is 50-50, and uh, I did not score it. Um, and I still did. And, and then after and after I didn't score it, my opponent knows what piece of scenery that I tried to, tried to do it on. That's uh, a good point. So they, um, yeah, yeah, it was very difficult, and it didn't, it didn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a difficult one. Um, but, yes, if you've got a parachutist deployment zone or parachutist... Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty easy. My concern on this card would be it is going to be dependent on the table. Yeah. And depending on your meta and what terrain looks like in your meta, 
This could mm. be a super easy one. It could be a mediocre one, and it could be a next to impossible one. I think this one is going to score two points rather than three points more often than not, which is probably why it doesn't have a, a one and three point, or it's why it's a two and two and three yeah. point, um, mm-hmm. just because it has to be totally inside your enemy's deployment zone. Yeah. And the amount of time that buildings cross both, like cross over the line for deployment mm-hmm. zones, or a piece of scatter will cross over both, yeah. and so it, like it, it'll be like half inside your enemy's deployment zone. It's it's going to be really difficult to score all three points realistically unless you've got you know Van Zant that can drop down and just score it um, yeah. on their back how, how, Yeah, and how many pieces of terrain yet have we seen that are just like a long thing that yeah. goes you know stretches yeah. half the table? Yeah, so you know it's going to be totally inside your enemy's half the table or totally inside enemy's deployment zone, right? So. Oh, it doesn't have to be half. Yeah, yeah, totally inside the enemy's half of the table. So, um, you know, I think realistically, that's, that's I, would much, I would much prefer to score this as two rather than three, mm-hmm. um, because I can put something down on it, whether that's a superior infiltrator or an, inf- or an impersonator, and if and and very safely, you know, they are prone on the scenery that they need to do. Just press it. And then if I don't score it, just spend another order and press it again. Um, and I've got two points, and I've got three points if my opponent, if I score more objective points than my opponent. So mm-hmm. I'd, I think I'd much rather go for the, the two over the three here. Yeah, I think I'd have to look at the opponent's side and go, is there a small piece of scatter that's near a board edge in their DZ? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, like if you're playing hackers, like you just have it for day. You just sit on sit on one thing and yeah, that's yeah. what that that's what uh, I was thinking. Yeah, it's a little bit more difficult than doing some of the other like normal classifieds uh, that are similar because well, sabotage only requires you to yeah. place D charges, right? So well, sabotage. In my experience with sabotage, a lot of times. When I get out the tape measure and actually measure, like, is the uh, this building completely inside their deployment zone? A lot of times, the opponent will look and go, it's like a millimeter or two over, whatever, that's that's fine. It's yeah. close enough. Um, we'll count it as fully inside. This, you can't have that discussion with your opponent until no. after you've committed to it. So... Eh. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, totally inside is totally inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm happy to err on the side of millimeters. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I think just don't pick something that's like fully halfway across and go. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I'm going to argue that that's in your deployment zone. Nah, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, just just do it. Like, it's it's one of the things where it's like. Everybody should, when you're playing a game, just like measure up your opponent's DZ just mm-hmm. to check it out, especially in resilience operations. Just know what the board looks like straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Everybody, everybody should know like where the deployments go up to and all that sort of thing. So that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's you a make... with your opponent. Um, yeah. As well, because resilience operations doesn't have a prescribed deployment zone size. So um, I guess it's up to the tournament organizers mm-hmm. yeah. for me to decide. <laughs> 16, right? 
No. <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it, I, no it's, I, I think about it. It's decided on a roll of a d20. Uh, you, six, get inch, six, uh, you, you, you get one inch. You get one inch deployment zone. Sucks shit. Yeah. <laughs> you want to deploy that tag? Nope. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, deployment, it's d20 plus five. Um, 25. Oh, no, I, 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 d, I, I d6 times four. Oh yeah, that'd be interesting. I could do that. I could see that working. Uh, six inches deployment zones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, for me, this one is an efficiency one. Like you're going to pick the easiest thing to do, mm-hmm. and you are going to score two objective points. Yeah. Like yeah, I, it, I suppose that, that's a third one. Interesting one about this is one of the other ones that you can score before the end of the game. Yes. Once you do it, it's done. Yeah, it's locked yes. in. You still reveal so I, it at the end of the game, but yeah. your opponent knows you've done it. Well, so, yeah, yeah I, I think you can probably reveal this as soon as you've done it. Yeah, I can. I can definitely see um, mm. now, like in the guise of that. Yeah, picking the two, getting it done in the first one or two orders of your turn, and then being able to just play the rest yeah. of your the rest of the game dealing with. The, rest of the, stuff. The, yeah, the decapitation and uh, priority target that you were forced to keep. Yeah. Uh, I, I also, I, um, uh, like with the general's thoughts now that we're onto that, uh, there's some great synergy with some of these. That that one we just looked at, Cyber, Cyber Siege, mm-hmm. or whatever it was called, right, really works well with um, the NNZ uh, domination. Because yeah. you're like, oh, I'll pick something in a zone that I have to dominate anyway, put my infiltrator there, she's pulling double uh, duty as holding this thing down and uh, rolling it up. Yeah. Any three combinations of the um, of the domination ones are going to be fun. I think it'd be, it's going to be fun to figure out whether opponent's doing King of the Hill or Center Line or N and Z domination. Um, I, I like King of the Hill. I've always liked like something like King of the Hills, the idea of subjugating such a big zone as well um, speaks to me because it just means I've killed my opponent anyway. <laughs> or done a really good job of keeping them out of an 8-inch circle, which is pretty... a 16-inch circle. Pretty big. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big area to hold. Um, I think, like, overall, I think CB's done a really good job of... Uh, mm-hmm. I think there are combinations that make your life really easy like we said you get cyber siege you get one of the dominates um and maybe you get like the control of your own things guard the supply lines yeah yeah like secure supply lines you're kind of on easy street there kind of because i let my piff those and pick something fun instead yeah I think um, I, like priority target. I think is the most fun for me. I think I'd like. I'd really like to just have a game where I play that, and I just go. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna see if, what what you think is the hardest three models for me to kill, yeah. and I really want to kill those models. Yeah. Um. But I th- I think CB's done a really good job of putting mm. these together. I think th- like there's some difficult synergies. There's some really easy synergies. There's some. Uh, just sort of, eh, like you get them combined and things are kind of difficult and kind of easy at the same time. Um, but overall, like, I, I can I, I can honestly say that, like, unless I pick 
four really terrible even if i pick four really terrible objectives i still get to get like sorry like two really terrible like if i get priority target and decapitation i really don't want to do them all i have to do is use a command token and then i mm -hmm. just don't have to deal with it Um, so really, the, the, if you don't, unless your, like, plan of your list is command token heavy, you really don't have to deal with crappy, um, objectives. You can get rid of enough of them that you can make your life, at the very least, um, manageable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think similar to the battlefield conditions, uh, these feel like they're set up to be able to have multiple decks and have uh, rotations through because so many of the, actually, or even just have a second deck that combines with the first because there's so many elements on the board that only interact with one or two of these cards. Yeah. There's only one beepers, there's two beacons, there's two objectives, there's two HVT cards. Uh, there's so many elements on the board that you've just got a one in tw or one or two in twenty chance of your opponent interacting with. Yeah. yeah. You could you could have it you could have one that's like you know, recover your opponent's beepers, mm -hmm. where you have to, uh, like do an, an extremist recovery and you get to take mm -hmm. like the, like you're taking their beeper. Um, mm -hmm. sort of thing. I so mean, you the problem get... with that is it predicates your opponent on getting a beeper, putting putting a beeper Correct. down. No, 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 right no, no, no. There's only no, no. one I... card that would cause them to use beepers at all. No, no. That, what I'm saying is, if they don't put beepers down, you can take it off the unconscious oh, body. Off the unconscious body. Yeah. Oh, oh right. Okay. But if they've got, if they've got like that. that one where they have to put their beeper down, you can grab like you grab control yeah. their beeper. So yeah, like, there's 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 plenty of ones like you know they could um, put in. Uh, like uh, what's it called? Like frontline, mm -hmm. right? Frontline sort of things, um, where like it's how much you, like they they've still got like control bars. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, potentially controlled like vertical ones. I don't know how you do that, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Interesting that they some... put five zone domination, four four zone domination things in, but like and then littered um, this thing with objectives and didn't really interact with like uh, as much with them but you know i think you've only got a, enough and uh, uh you you need to put the sub you need to put your new rule in that you put subjugate you need to put um yeah. at least one card with all of these other things in so yeah i get it but yeah, but yeah. Like, subjugate only works on one card yeah hostile hvts only come up with one card turrets only come up with one card beepers only uh, come up with one card yeah, yeah. Only come up with one card uh there's a lot of elements that, again, back to, I, it looks like they're trying to future-proof the yeah, core rule set mm -hmm. so that later on they can add in more content. Yeah. It almost, it almost feels like they, like, it, it, they could like, set it up so that a tournament organizer can go, mm -hmm. we're doing resilience operations and your deck must be these cards. Right, so he can yep. he can pick. Like, oh, I don't want any of the area control ones. I just want it to be like the ones that interact with HVTs and things like that. Oh, I hadn't even yeah gotten to um, customizing a deck. Yeah, I, I, like, well, I'm the... just thinking like what you're talking about, like the the cus like the mm -hmm. future proofing combining decks yeah. and things like that. That's just 
you know like what that that idea like in my head is like okay you have right you customize your tournament by customizing your resilience operation objectives where you're like okay i just want it to be involved with you know i don't know hvt something like that yeah Um, the um like i think that the the this is a there's a really good like you know uh standalone title um i am sort of excited to see where they go with any uh any any additional content but um i think that i'd have to play 40 games of resilience ops to to even start getting the same game again um so i think that like it's it's it this is this future discussions about future proofing and stuff like that all, all well and good but yeah. now I, I, don't, I, I don't want to put this out i shouldn't put this out in the world but i'm going to do it anyway is the ability to customize your own resilience deck oh yes uh for the objectives yes yes so i, I you, think you, that you, you walk up with your like a farther of- feature yeah, like a stack of twelve, and you're like, "This is my resilience stack." I don't know necessarily what I'm going to pull, but I've stacked it so that it's objectives mm-hmm. that this army list I wrote really likes. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, because um, as it stands, the battlefield conditions feel like a full deck. Like that feels complete. Uh, the resilience objectives to me feels like it needs another four or five cards uh, mm. because there's, I think there's too many tactical elements that only interact with one thing. Therefore, if you interact with that one thing, your opponent knows exactly what your objective is. Mm-hmm. As opposed yeah. to like the four area control cards, which have some overlap, so you know what direction your opponent's trying to score points, but you it's possible for your opponent to hide behind the possibility of having multiple cards. Yeah. I think that's my only a small qualm about these resilience operations is that mm-hmm. often the ITS the ITS missions have you sort of fighting over something, yeah. Um, whether it be a, a like control of a particular console or something, or like mm-hmm. a, a room, um, or just areas of control. Because the objectives in this are separate, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily end up fighting over anything like i know like i know part of the game is to try and figure out what your opponent's trying to do so that you can try and stop that mm-hmm. um but i feel like um i feel like there's just they could be i mean like we already already talked about it if someone draw pit uh, draws N domination, other one draws Z domination. You mm-hmm. literally want to be in different quadrants, and there's no disadvantage for you going and saying, "Yeah, you can have that." Well, as far as your scoring goes, right? You can have that quadrant. I'll take my quadrants. I mean, you want to? You, I've played one game of this, um, mm. which means that I've like some a little bit, little bit of experience. Um, in my one game, I did not pay attention at all. <laughs> Mm-hmm. what my opponent was doing because I was having such a hard time doing what I was doing. Um, that will obviously come with time. Um, but uh, the first couple of games of it, I was not. The first the, the first game and probably the first couple of games, 
probably the first 10 games, I will not have any idea with what my opponent is trying to do. Um, and uh, that will come with time. And that will be, that's the real skill focus of this mission. This, 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 um, this, this game type, the skill focus is um, memory, knowing what, what, what the deck of card is made up of uh, and, and seeing what your opponent's doing and trying to deduce what they could be doing for their objective points and stopping them from doing that while also scoring yours. So, um, uh, it's uh, probably a little bit more skill. Like scoring high is, is quite skill intensive. Um, I think, um, yeah. and it will benefit people with a broader knowledge of the game more, but then again, that the game does that generally, um, it will reward people with better memories more than anybody else though. So had another thought on, tried to hide what objective cards you have. So obviously a lot of them, if you interact with something that signals that that's your card. However, you also only have three cards. So if you do something like interact with an objective piece that, or technical element that isn't your objective, you could throw your opponent's prediction on what your other cards are by making them think that They've it solved all of yours. Put a beeper down. Yeah, put a, beep, put a beeper down. Um, put a missile launcher into one of your opponent's objectives. Um, I think some things that are very simple, one order type things that can throw your opponent's count off. Well, like I was saying with the um, the new follow up card, um, mm-hmm. you. You know, you kind of sometimes want to do something other than move with your second short skill anyway. If yeah. you have, if you have, a, if you have something in the enemy's half of the table, and you only want to move once, just put a beeper down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll that'll oh. that'll distract them. Yeah, fire 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 a rocket randomly at a beaker. Uh, yeah, at a, at a, a, beaker. a beacon. Yeah, or, yeah, that's you know, that, that, that's a good point. I mean, that almost feels like a game more in kin with what infinity is which is that sort of like counter like like the black ops counter intelligent operations sort of things where Mm -hmm. it's like you know doing something that like contrary to what your actual objective is Mm -hmm. um the other thing i like about this is you mentioned it sort of with the narrative like campaigns with the battle conditions is Mm -hmm. i think tape playing this is almost like a version of highly classified Mm -hmm. Um, uh, would be uh, would be sort of interesting because the objectives are overarching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a million ways to skin a cat, really. Yeah. So you could you could play you could a- adjust this mission format in any way. This is only one way mm-hmm. that it takes it takes focus. There might be, you know, eventually there might be a battle conditions card which is which changes the way that you select your objectives, which yeah. could be very interesting. Um. There's, you know, there's lots of there's lots of things that could could be different. Yeah, but I think I think I think ultimately for all three of us, um, it's just gonna have to take actually having a try with these decks for a lot longer than we have mm-hmm. now. Yeah, um, I'll but, see you on Thursday, Jacob. Yeah, see, see you tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow as a day of, <laughs> as a recording. Uh, look, look to your left. No, fuck, you're right. No, no, I was wrong. There we go. I'll stare at you here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the... 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. Put, put your fist up and look like that just for like a shot. There you go. There we go. There you go. Someone can sc- screenshot that. Um, <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucking excited um, yeah. for this thing. Yeah. I'm excited to run this tournament. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited for people to... Um, yeah have no idea what they're doing <laughs> I, I just i just had like even now i had another thought of like a tournament you just like as a tournament organizer you pull out like cards be like the first round is this for everybody mm-hmm. the second round is this for everybody the third round is this for everybody yeah it's a it's a um it would be an interesting way to do the battle conditions i think the, that um the no, i was the thinking, I was thinking of, the, of just just like the objectives uh, just part like, of the use of the objectives is having different ones to your opponent i think no no so I'm, I'm saying i'm saying it's more like a tool oh for, yeah, like yeah, making yeah. i'm not saying as in like you do like a tournament like completely it's just mm-hmm. like a tool for generating tournaments that aren't its i just yeah. oh, I, I think this resilience operation is a fucking good idea it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. I, I just now that we're now that we get to the end of talking about all of them and I'm just thinking, and we're thinking about like how it can be used. All I can think of is, oh, I could do this, or we could do this. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of community um, projects that have had this as um, a, a, this sort of style of thing. Uh, for example, our local um, Hendrick had his 2020 system for, um, has had his 2020 system for ages. Um, the and it's nice to have some official support for mm. it, but I mean, look, this was always an option. We could have always done this. Um, it's taken CB to do it for it to become sort of widely um, accepted, and hopefully, um, this will become something that everybody likes to play. It's definitely going to be my preferred way of doing pickup games for sure. Yeah, I just I I don't see how you couldn't enjoy it, other than the fact that CB do such a good job of putting together ITS missions. Oh yeah, I mean, ITS missions are great. Yeah, that's 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 the only that's the only that's the only part of them like sort of kicking them kicking themselves is um, that they do such a good job with ITS. Um, yeah, so yeah, there we go, rub, rubbing Helios on the back a little bit. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> what about you, Nick? You like them? I like them. Uh, the more I've talked about them tonight, the more little combinations and nuances I'm seeing, and I'm looking forward to trying them. I think this is an excellent place to start with this kind of parallel system, uh, both for casual and for potential tournaments as well. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what it does in, in competitive setting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like I'm going to get the deck. I'm just going to sit there, like, drawing four cards, getting rid of one, and being like, what would it be like to play this? And mm-hmm. doing it again, and then doing it again. And finding like combinations that I hate, combinations that I like, mm-hmm. and be like, okay, I want to look for these. But yeah, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off. I, I'm going to keep saying, thinking of ways to fuck around with this deck. Um, uh, until this will be a th- the uh, heat death of the universe. <laughs> okay, you want uh, another way to toss no, it to here? Yeah. No, go for it. Go for it. I've spoken enough of them. Go on. One more Dra- draft. <laughs> yes, uh, I would love to do a draft. Okay, okay, but, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have you explain it to me, right? Because uh, there's gonna be at least I, there's gotta be at least one more uh, listener that doesn't get what you mean by saying draft. Uh, so draft, uh, normally done for 
CCGs, uh, basically got, you take a pack of cards, you open them up, you take one card, you pass it to your left, and that goes around until the deck runs, uh, that pack runs out, you open up another pack, pass it to your right until that runs out, uh, and do that for oh, so, so you, so you oh. draft a battle objectives deck. So I'm thinking, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't work for most competitive tournaments because it would be more time intensive. Yeah. But uh, if we had more cards available, we could have custom uh, packs. And I'm thinking more like, um, so in War Machine, they had a caster draft where it was a draft, but they were all pre-constructed decks. And you just randomly grabbed one. Uh, so that way, oh, okay, certain yeah. cards that were combo that comboed well appeared in the same deck. Uh, so yeah. it's difficult to draft both of them. So yeah. if we had more of these cards, do something like that and uh, have started around everyone sit down in a group, draft which objectives you get, um, and then everyone goes back to the tables and plays with what they got. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be that'd be good for like a you know, group of five friends hanging out over like a, yes. a day doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, this has been awesome to talk and really explore the uh, new decks and resilience operations in full. Uh, look forward for next month's challenge when we, it will definitely be play resilience operations. Yeah. Um, because if uh, Josh and I can do it before we even get the fucking things. Uh, you can certainly do it once you've actually got them. Um, I'm excited. I know you guys are excited to see how this shapes up, how this changes. Yes. Casual and competitive infinity. Um, but only time will tell. Certainly will. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to another episode of Lost of Lieutenant. I've been Jacob. I've been Josh. And I've been Nick. Good night, guys. Good night, everybody. Good night.